For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. In studio, the tarnished uh, Micheál Martin joins me. Good to see you. Thanks for popping in. You're more than welcome. Um, Good to see you. And I know that anytime we have our, our kind of chats, it, it's, uh, it's kind of looking at the state of the nation or state of Cork. But if I compare it to the last time we spoke, things seem to be exceedingly worse now. People are poorer, they're struggling more, everything's more expensive, prices are going up. I'm sure you're hearing it yourself in your own constituency. Many people don't have hope. Young people are leaving in their droves. If you look at the budget with this surplus that you had to spend, couldn't have there been more tax breaks? Couldn't there have been higher welfare payments? Couldn't there have been a higher minimum wage, for instance, even to bring it up to the living wage? Do you think you got it right? I wouldn't accept your assessment at all, and I would say your assessment that people aren't poor. You know, you just me, you, you've made your 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 tale of misery. Uh, your no, it's, not re- it's not misery. Sorry, it's just reality. Let me, just let me make the point here. We have full employment in this country. Uh, I remember the 1980s when I came out of college. You couldn't get a job in this city, and you couldn't get a job in the country. We now have full employment. You didn't say that once in your summation. I think you, you need balance and perspective. People are under a lot of pressure because of cost of living increases, and we acknowledge that. And if you look at the Economic and Social Research Institute's analysis of the budget this morning, that's an independent body, that's not me, that's not you. It's saying the government have met the cost of living increases that people are burdening with the budget uh, allocation in tax, in the one-off payments. Um, tax and, and about the grand the tax about in terms grand of the impacts family. on people of the cost of living increases, they're saying the government have shielded um, the, the people in terms of those increases. It still is difficult, it still is challenging. I'm not denying that. Well, you seem to be. Uh, so Vincent are, de Paul is saying that the contributors to Vincent de Paul once are now the users of St. Vincent de Paul. Katrina well, Toomey is, is, is serving 15, 16 Well, I, I would say, say to you that if you take what we did last year, for the first time ever, we're going to read three primary books. Oh no, they're uh, brilliant. Uh, Listen, uh, and and moving it up year, to junior cert is no, brilliant. Ju- yeah, these are all positives. No, but I know also, that. But I picked up from some of our TDs who went to Vincent de Paul, people in Dublin, for example, who said for the first time ever, in terms of going back to school last September, uh, there was less people coming in in respect of school expenses. Uh, we've extended the hot meals now, for example, for another eight, uh, 800 to 900 uh, schools over and above that you will get hot meals. There and are so great on. things to So these are positives for people on low incomes. The minimum wage has gone up to 140. We're on target for the, within two years to approximate that to, or get it up to the living wage. So we are making progress on that. This was the largest increase in the minimum wage for a long time, up about 140. Uh, all designed to get to, to the, the the living age. Yeah, but so Paddy, I don't O'Brien, think, I mean, Paddy O'Brien says that people yeah. are still going to bed earlier. They're afraid to turn on the heating because I, they're making the choice between food and fuel. You could have, you couldn't you have done some parked excise, paused it. But we have no, like as in. No, Xed it all together for a while. Uh, but we, we, we've postponed the increases that were due to come in in October. When we say increase, we've, we're subsidising the cost of fuel at the moment. We're subsidising the cost of petrol and diesel. But over a euro um, seven, if it goes on and, uh, and we're now, we were due to, t- to reduce that subsidy in October. We're now um, extending uh, that back out to, to, to next year because we don't want it to go over the two euros or anywhere near that uh, if we can possibly avoid that. And some people criticise us for doing that, saying we should have taken back the subsidies and the interest of climate and so on like that. But we said people just can't afford that level of increases. And also, you know, the free fuel allowance, the one-off payments make a difference. The doubling of but the when they're gone, benefits. they're gone. Well, I mean, we did it last year. They worked. We've put in core payments of 12 euros in, in the weekly core payments of social protection. We've increased the domiciliary care allowance again on top of a very significant increase last year. Um, and like we're spending a, uh, about 6.1% excess, about 5.8 billion on expenditure. Uh, and the balance, Neil, is this like that. If you 
to spend another two or three billion on top of that, you just fuel inflation. And we're chasing ourselves yeah. and we're not really helping people. But we believe living standards will increase next year for people because we think we, we believe inflation will come down uh, and that the one-off payments will help, just help people to cope with what has been a very pressurised two years because of all of the external factors with war in Ukraine and COVID ending, inflation globally is a problem. Uh, and I think we're one of the few countries in Europe that have been in a position to make this allocation um, because we have a surplus to, to be able to do it. The we, only other we, country we ha- I think we that has a surplus, surplus is yeah. Cyprus. We have a surplus about, ele- about 11 billion. And one, <coughs> I'm just making the point that maybe it could have been spent a little bit more to those that are hurting most. I mean, I did yeah. mention that an awful lot are leaving and they're young. Um, families continue to struggle with the cost of living. And there's, then, more, there's more people coming into this country than leaving. Yeah, but look at how they're coming you know, in. One of the big ticket items that I get constantly is the open border policy we have. I was but, just but doing I'm some stats. More Irish people are coming back as well. I mean, if you look at the recent statistics... So you know, you know in Cork South Centre on yeah. Douglas and Beaumont and Ballinlock, you know all of the kids that are going to Australia. Many of them are highly trained. They're very skilled. They're the brains of the country leaving. There's no prospect of a house. There's a, a there's a much different story in terms of, you know, young people go, they, they're going from Ireland now, yes, very well educated compared to 50 years ago, whatever, when people left on their uppers, right? And people want to explore new opportunities and so forth. That has always been a feature, remains a feature, but there's a lot of people coming in as well. Irish, um, and because Ireland is a place to be want to come to work. Now, there's a broader issue about migration. But here's, here's uh, the deal with a separate can I just, issue. Yeah, you know? Can I just give you some of the stats on it? Because I was doing it last night. The frustration amongst people, and loads of, I've asked people to text, and over yeah. and over again is the open border policy. I was looking at the numbers. The budget set aside two and a half billion for Ukrainians fleeing war for 2024. That's on top of the two billion this year and one billion the year before. Like, that's five and a half billion euro. It's an incredible amount of money. So you have over 94,000 Ukrainian refugees with all of the trappings that are entitled to them, even though they're not part of the European Union. But the international protection order applications are up 186% since 2019. 61% of those coming into the country have no documentation. Um, and they get and they're an immediate cost to the state. They're coming from countries that would be regarded as, as quite safe. And people are very, very worried or angry or annoyed that that kind of money is being spent when it could have been spent helping Irish people if you had the will to do it before the war in the Ukraine. Well, what would you do? What would I do? No, so I'm just, yeah, I would I'm, close the borders. That's shocking. Why? Have you any humanity? I mean, no, it's no, not about, you, it's no, about, it's I, not about I, that. I, I, it's about I, I, people no, saying no, at this no, stage no, no, Neil, that we cannot on. do any more. I was at an event last night in Dublin um, celebrating Ireland and Canada's relationship. Um, and after the famine in 1847, 1849, about 40,000 people arrived in Toronto. And they had a population of 20,000. They took a starving Irish in on that occasion. Now, the way to deal with migration, and what you've oh, oh, it's not an open border policy. You can do all you like. We've seen in but Britain. It, but international protection orders no, is an open no, border if, not, they can, no, if they come in with talk, talk That's all kind of simplistic stuff. We had that in Britain with conservative parties saying we'll do this and we'll do that. They couldn't stop any migration. You know why? People will do anything to leave some of these countries because of war, because of conflict. Now, let's take Ukraine. Let's take Ukraine. People were bombed. Their houses were bombed. Energy was bombed. It's, it's the first war on European mainland since 
World War Where did you find the money for uh, it? Though? Now the point is, I'm, what I'm trying to say to you is, we have to have some degree of humanity. No, we believe well, Radker has I, said I, that I, we I, should no, no. pretty much stop and send but, money. But sorry, I think in the immediate aftermath of that war, people had to leave certain localities because of the brutality of the war. Yeah, I, I went to Busia, I went to Irpin, I saw photographs of men with their hands tied behind the back, bullets in their heads, and murdered. Um, and people fled war because Putin does this. He he weaponizes migration and he wants to create a migrationary pressure in Europe so but that we you, all fold I understand and we allow him to take but over do Ukraine. Not, do you not acknowledge and, and that there is a waning popularity in no, other I countries do. besides this, us? This is the same this in the UK, Germany, yeah, France, yeah. Poland, even America. I do. Yeah. Of course it's not. I mean, people don't like, like the pressures it has. Although I think the Irish people, there's another side to the story. A lot of Irish people out there have welcomed Ukrainians in and a lot of people out there have facilitated Ukrainians coming in uh, to Ireland. Not because of the emergency that the war represented because of the attack on humanity, because of the attack on women and children and the murder of civilians. And uh, the world is but in a very bad place. I look at it differently. I mean, I think the, the, the what we have to do is fund, actually, which we do as best we can, uh, uh, other areas and uh, humanitarian aid to Africa, to the Middle East, so that at least can we try and create a quality of life for those people in those communities that they don't want to migrate. I'm not talking about overseas aid spend. I'm, no, I'm but not but talking about It's all connected. People are fleeing countries because of conflict, war, authoritarianism, poverty, climate change. They're getting out of countries they have no hope. But and they come to countries in Europe because they're wealthier and, uh, and so on. No, I'm, not talking, and, not, I'm, not, I'm talking about the cost of it. I'm just talking about the but, cost while people, but, while hospitals but, but are bursting co- at the yeah, seams. Yeah, and there is a cost. Right? I'm not saying, I mean, there Children is a cost. can't get buses to school. There is a cost. Of course there's a people cost. Can't, like yeah, but, I, but what, I, when you say you're not talking about it, you're saying there's an open border. I, I'm saying to you, people will do anything to leave these countries, Right. And they'll try to get into Europe. Most of them want to head for Germany because it's perceived to be the best. But what, like so what would you do with people who come in with no documentation? Sixty-one percent of them. Well, see, under under international law, we have obligations, um, and um, what we do is now what we're doing now is we're placing Gardaí and we're intercepting people before they get on planes if they don't have proper documentation. Uh, we've already taken steps to avoid abuses, for example, in terms of refugees in Europe, uh, where documentation gets forged, for example, and people try and get in with forged documentation. And we've, actually, we've actually been effective in certain areas, and this is a constant um, sort of monitoring situation that we do. But they are getting in. on the planes um, with documentation. They're getting, saying. look, yeah. uh, I, I don't know, have you read Sally Hayden's book on, on migration? And, no. And, uh, but I think Perhaps, no, but I, but I have but I have spoken yeah, to staff on airplanes who say that they're getting on with Yeah, that. but I think it's worth reading in terms of looking at through the prism of young people who are leaving these countries to try and get a better life. Um, and, and what we have to try and do is change, in my view, um, change the governance in those countries in terms of how they're governed to give a quality of life to the people in those areas and keep working so that to, to prevent migration in the first instance, that's the most effective way of doing it. I see in Britain at the moment they were sort of saying we'll send everybody to Rwanda, for example. It didn't work. No, I don't, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not suggesting I know, but that's that people what, shouldn't it, be allowed to migrate into Ireland to work and to contribute. That's not my point. Okay, well, I, I don't either. I think yeah. they, but we have a lot of that. People do. We, of course they well, do. We do that normally through a structured way of yeah. work permits yeah. and so on like that. So if, if a company needs somebody that they can't get in Ireland that, that's, or whatever. That's not a problem. Obviously, you need that. Yeah, that. We all come from somewhere else. Yeah, but we're all, if someone it, is it, fleeing war, we've always had... An, a, there are international conventions when people are fleeing war. You look my point them. is, when, when can you do no more? That's the thing, and the cost involved. Yeah, in and, and we, we then have to modify policies, and I think the Ukrainian situation uh, will settle, and we will... Um, it, no, a lot depends on the conduct of the war. It's a shocking war. It's a brutal war. It's affected our economy. It's affected the energy prices. And it's caused huge migration. I think it's caused the largest displacement uh, in Europe since World War II. About 11 million people displaced from their homes. 
uh, majority of that within so Ukraine. Be, oh, so there, there, but there'll be no change in the policy as such. So there'll be modifications of the policy in terms of th- 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 there could be some coming from secondary countries and so on like that. But we, we we're working on that. But uh, fundamentally, the policy is, is across Europe that there's an international protection, you know, or directive that um, Ukrainians fleeing war are, are entitled to come into European countries. They are applying to join Europe. They will have the perspective to join the European Union because ultimately no, I know, I, will help their security. No, I'm just making so the point. No, you're just talking about a little bit of tinkering, but at the same there time... There won't be a fundamental change again, in terms again, of the Ukrainian on, situation. Okay, no, no change. Yeah, so yeah. based then on the whole finances of the country, never mind what's happening And in it the is very challenging, but, but I'm just trying to find out what's the alternative. Are you saying we should let them there to be bombed in bits? No, I'm not saying that at all. Well, what are you saying? I, I'm, I'm saying I mean, that what are you saying, I'm like? saying when when do you say enough is enough? I'm but saying that I'm saying that people yeah. contact me every day yeah. talking about their own struggles in their lives and everything yeah. and everything comes down to money or <clears> lack <throat> of money coming into a household. Can I just say there's the guardian are quitting yeah. in their droves. The nurses yeah. and teachers are emigrating. The nursing homes are closing. The creches are closing. <laughs> the preschools, the daycare, all about ah, come money. On, um, you need to be balanced in perspective in your analysis, Neil. But there are 22,000. I'm, I'm not telling you one word of a lie. Well, I tell you no. And you're not telling the truth either. Because 22,000 extra people came into the health service in the last two years. You don't say that. You've no balance or perspective to your presentation. And you have an obligation to be balanced. But I would respectfully say to you now. And the, 20, the station has. What are the 22,000 new staff members gonna, doing yeah. if people are sitting on trolleys? And actually, funnily enough, yeah. the, no, back when you were minister, more, back when you were minister for health, you, and many politicians yeah, yeah. said you would get rid of hospital trolleys and you'd have everybody in the pension at 300 euro or pounds or something. What are you talking about? No, I mean, the, the point the, is... We're having a robust debate here, but I'm not going to sit and take narratives that are not so, balanced, are not so are the Navy, entirely So are true. the Navy not in trouble? Are the Guardian not in trouble? But is the Health Service well, not in trouble? We have huge recruitment issues. Why? Because well, we have full employment, Neil. No, because you have you ever, enough. in your station, in, in your last... T- year spoke about full employment in Cork? Oh, yeah, often. No, you haven't. You speak about misery, which you just did now. You have no balance. You have no balance your presentation. No, I did. I acknowledge no, you that don't, there were you very don't, good you, things happened in the budget. Alan, Absolutely. You came in, your first, your first outbreak or outburst was a tale of misery. I'm suggesting to you no, no, it's there's a, a balance, there's of a balance where at. and a perspective to things. You, and, and that's all I'm simply saying. There's pros and there's cons. No, it would really be all. I'm, like re- I'm trying to reflect what people talk to me about and talk about and, on the programs way, I like this every I talk to people and people give me different perspectives. People are under pressure of that I've no doubt. We're increasing more people our population has gone up to 5.2 million, up one, one, 1.4 million, uh, see, up 1.4 million in 20 years. Now, population doesn't grow if a country is a tale of misery. I'm trying okay? to outline a lot of people come in here because they want to work. I meet lots of people correcting. here who think this is a good country to live in. The United Nations Quality Life Index it has us up as number two. We have the highest life expectancy in Europe. Tell, tell life that to somebody. That, but you tell it tell to, to somebody who's paid on no. a Friday and the money's gone by Sunday. I'm only just asking you to acknowledge there are problems. I, acknow- I have acknowledged those problems and pressures, but I think there's a balance but and I don't an overall know, perspective to look at it. I don't know why you're seeing you know. it, because the latest Red Sea poll puts <clears throat> Fianna Fáil at 18%, Fianna Gael at 21%, Sinn Féin at 33%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, what's going on? That is appalling levels of popularity for Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. Well, I, I, I mean, the Red Sea poll, we, the real poll is in the general election. 
uh, and as, as we've shown time and time again, we came out ahead in, in, in the last general election, again, which doesn't get acknowledged. But this isn't about polling. This is about tr- trying to get a, a proper Is it assessment. not a reflection of the people's thoughts about the sitting coalition, though? Well, we'll see now. I mean, the, the, when, if you look at the, the, the polling that you've just quoted, the sitting coalition, if you add up all the numbers, would be higher you would. than Sinn Féin. You would, so, unless yeah, Sinn Féin so. got all of the independents to vote for them, yeah, then you're gone. We, we don't know. Like, the, the whole thing is fragmented. I mean, you, in other words, I would argue that the, all these polls are showing, actually, it's all there in the mix. Uh, in terms of the next general election. I, it, wonder, I, wonder, actually, I was only thinking yeah. yesterday, you got elected on the sixth count in 2020. Would you be concerned about that going into the next you're general full, election? You're full of the Sinn Féin propaganda. <laughs> That's all the Sinn Féin trolls. Is, that because I read it on Twitter. How is that part of a Sinn Féin, Sinn Féin propaganda. propaganda? I read it all the time. Actually. I remember the it's sixth all the count. Nonsense. Well, what do you mean? So, look, we've how many candidates had we and so on like that? No, that's not the you point. You know, I got why elected very. You, com- you know, I got elected very comfortably, very comfortably. But on the sixth count, and, why and not only that. Hold on a second. Fianna Fáil got two seats in South Tyrone yeah. out of four. No, okay. not, I'm not. I'm not well, engaging in any propaganda. I'm saying, will, will, <laughs> you on. did. It was the sixth count. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's the Schinner line, and that's the no, far it's left. Not. And why, it's the, why do you throw that at me? Because I have no I, allegiance I, I, to anybody. Not, I'm not saying you have allegiance. It's the, I see it on Twitter all of the time. I don't even look at Twitter. I'm just telling just you, will, will you, will, will, will you run again? Or oh, I'm running again. No, yeah, no because yeah, I yeah. hear that you're, you've got a top job in Europe planned. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I was, I was, <laughs> big <laughs> European Commission job. Lots of people speculate about people who might want to give me... You know, does the commissioner think come up? No, I'm running in the next election. People speculate. They, you, you speculate. You're not a speculator. It's a job. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm running in the next general election. We're going to lead the party into it and we're going to be competitive. We're going to be give it, give it everything we can. But would that, would that involve maybe doing a deal with Sinn Féin and at least giving them a shot at power? That they, well, look, I mean, they, they, they think they, they were saying to me that their footprint is in this budget. So you are listening to the opposition. Uh, Donegal Lira said it to me. That uh, their footprint is on the budget. No, it's yeah. not. <laughs> I read their budget was appalling. <laughs> That's what the man said. I'm just saying. Oh, would, he, yeah, but he said. Would you not? Would you not? Would you ever do? I think, uh, you I, did, know, I think you were quoted before saying you would consider no, I, any I, options. Look, I, I said I think they're like it's very interesting in their budget. They don't mention enterprise. They don't mention employment. They don't mention the economic growth or the economic situation in the country. Um, and I believe there's a problem with them in being anti-enterprise. I think they're anti-Europe. I think in the recent situation, maybe in, they're in, anti-Europe because they're pro-Irish. Is that such a bad thing? Wow. What? That's an incredible statement. No, I mean... What, That's what, what we want to avoid. What, I, I don't what, agree with that policy. Why do you throw out these kind of warning signs to back off if I'm saying... Because I, I think the European Union was part of the transformation of Ireland. Yeah. I genuinely do. Oh, yeah, but I mean... It's but the best things but, we did. No, I'm not saying that, but you don't well, have what to are you be... Saying, then, anti, you, you don't have to be pro-Europe. I think you need to be no, proactively uh, pro-European Union if you understand how this country has developed, modernised, improved economically. I think if we get into a British... Okay, fair enough. I know that, but I mean, I think... But the fact that they voted against every European Union treaty should give people pause for thought. Uh, so is that a no to the potential I, I, of doing I, I, anything? We're, we're very, I'm very negatively disposed to it. Uh, <laughs> it has to be about policies. If you take the recent situation in, in terms of the Middle East, I mean, the, the, the tweets by Chris Andrews and, um, and, and, and other Sinn Féin TDs uh, that's the appalling. Mass, that's just the mass appalling dropped in, the in terms of um, their attitude to Hamas. I mean, they platformed Hamas in 2020. Their foreign policy, for example, if they were in government, would, would really isolate Ireland very, very quickly. Their stance but what, in Nicaragua and so on. But, but what so, people no, want to know is their common ground their to make Ireland a better place where people have food on the table. But that we all want job, to make Ireland a better place. And they can buy a house. We all want to do that. 
I think our policy on housing is much better. Sinn Féin wants to get rid of help to buy. They want to get rid of the first home scheme. The help to buy would, goes to developers. No, it does not. The 41,000 young people have benefited from help but to buy. But they paid more for the house. There's 400 pe- more people, or 400 people a day now um, getting mortgages, first time buyers, and so on. The whole area in first home buying is improving. We need to do more. We have to build more you houses. Put it onto but I think Sinn Féin would not build as many houses as we're building right now, and we will exceed our target this year and last year. But we need to get higher because that is the biggest issue facing the country is housing. Of that, there is no doubt. But actually, I think their policies would be genuinely no. I think their idea of abolishing help to buy, abolishing the first home scheme, they want to abolish the grants for um, that people we know would give if they bring a derelict house back in or a vacant house. You know, it's 50, uh, 50 and 70,000. Yeah, yeah. They would abolish that. Yeah. And there's about 4,000 people applying for, for those they grants build now. More houses, which, though, they no, say. they wouldn't. You see, that's my point, because they, they'll depress the market. You so, can't you don't build. Believe, so you don't believe the, their, their budget submission? Well, they don't have, you see, they don't, if you look at it, they don't actually have a housing policy document. They have about four or five pages. You probably have to keep on dismissing because you're afraid of the power. No, no, I'm not dismissing. I'm just saying, do you think abolishing the first home scheme, where where the state puts in shared equity, which brings down the cost for people, is a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea. I, I, think I talk to people out in the, in the, in the industry and they're saying this has helped um, to, to kickstart again more housing estates for people. I, I don't think that and people helps buying a three-bedroom yeah. semi in Glanmire paying over 400000 for it. I think that's that's insane. And, and I think that maybe the 30 grand has gone into that 400000 for the builder, developer and and the, and the auctioneer selling it. I mean, who, who in their well, name, who in their right mind could afford that starting out? But it, it, it's very, it's very difficult, uh, and that's why we've brought in the first home scheme to create affordability for people and to help to buy because it does enable people um, to afford the purchase of the house. And the, the the biggest I think challenge, and it's a sign of economic growth in Ireland, is population growth. And I'm not talking about the migration aspect of it; it's general population growth uh, that we've experienced over the last decade or so. I think that has created pressure on public services. It is, and the stretch on public services. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you, and, you, and you, you don't you don't and you don't seem to think that an open border policy where we can't say we can take no more because of the pressures on the public but service. See, I don't, when we say open border, that sounds very simplistic. I'm saying to you, okay. you, you, could put a, you could do the Donald Trump thing and put the wall up. It didn't stop people from uh, Mexico and elsewhere coming into America. They're still coming in. I mean, you, you read the situation in New no, York. You, but in no, New no, York. Not, not, no, my point is... I don't mean to come across as Trumpian, but you, I we, don't, have no problem building you are, loads, but we have no problem building loads of but, modular houses when, we use, when other families are sleeping in, you know, the, 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 the sofa or the spare room with their parents' We're building house. as many houses as we possibly can for people and, and, and as fast as we possibly can. How do you can. get the will to build uh, the modular houses so quickly? Like, that was amazing. Couldn't have been done before. Well, we haven't, we've only built about four to 500 um, actually, yeah, but it didn't uh, show the potential it, that it could be it done. It could, and we're still uh, we're, we're hoping to do another eighteen hundred for social housing um, in terms of um, modern methods of construction. I was just done a Signum in McCroom recently, uh, where they do timber frame housing and they can do them relatively fast. Um, and you know they're employing a lot of people in McCroom, um, and and they can do very quickly timber frame housing yeah. uh, and so on. And those are the new methods of housing construction. Do you know, talk about, about building things because I know you have to be um, you have You're to be away from. Here, um, you're talking about building things or getting uh, cost of um, value for money. You're aware of the convention centre. I mean, it wasn't under your watch. It was it was Simon and, and, am, and yeah. Enda, and they turned the sod in 2017. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you aware of the cost increases in this? I am. To, and, and you know that like BAM are pretty good at putting up costs all of the time. You see the children's hospital. Are you aware of the numbers now? Um, or do you want me to give you an idea as to, as to what we heard uh, yesterday with, with regards to the, um, the, the cost increase and the state um, contribution to it? 
the current state and approved grant from the from from the government is 57, 57 million. million. Yeah. Um, and um, Mick, Finn, Mick Finn on the air yesterday said that um, the shovel won't touch the ground there until BAM get more money. He figures this is the local councillor whom you know. I know he, says, he says that it could be anywhere between 30 and 40 billion more needed by yeah. BAM from the state, which would bring our contribution to 92 million. Live Nation's contribution to 35 million, which means that instead of, a, instead of a, an initial 85 million development, it would go at least to 130 million. Uh, are, are you happy to give them more money? Well, we haven't made any government decision on it. And what has happened is the detailed design has come in, um, which Live Nation and, 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 and BAM uh, did. And the City Council have now come to government. And uh, But there, before that, we've asked the City Council to do a due diligence on the design, the detailed design. Um, and government is going to have to consider this issue because the cost has You're over escalated. a barley hall, aren't you? You can't back out of it. You'll have to give them the money. No, we don't have to do anything. Um, but What's the alternative? The, the balance is, yeah, it doesn't come to the balance is overall for the region because we want to grow Cork as, a, as the regional city. Um, and part of that is having a convention centre um, or uh, which would attract more into the city in terms of events, conferences and so on like that and concerts. Um, and do you have that as a magnet to bring people in? Totally, it would uh, be superb. And, and that's what that's, we want to do. And that's point. why when I was Taoiseach, I improved the grant up to 57 or with my colleagues in government. No, it was a government decision taken actually at that stage because it went up again. Um, and I think we'd have to get certain guarantees around this. So I can't preempt what the government is going to do on it, but I am very well aware of the figures that you've The initial state aid was to be 20 million. Yeah, it's gone way up. Yeah. So it could potentially be 92 million. Like, are you saying that you're going to continue to pay and fund this? I'm saying we haven't made any decision on it because we've asked the council to go back before you make a submission to government, do your because de- this is first and foremost. And Artie has already this is first said and foremost the matter that she has said that it's need- and she has said that it's needed. Yeah. funding is needed for inflation and cost increases. Yeah, we all know, and that's the inflation has we know increased dramatically in construction and in the last two to three. All projects have gone up dramatically. We just announced the road recently. For, in, to Scramogue, for example, and in the West, uh, it went up, I'd say, about 100 billion in terms of the overall road project. So you're on the money in terms of saying the inflationary is, is a part of this. Um, but like from the government's point of view, people can't keep coming back to the well and saying, you know, we need another 10, we need another 20. You keep doing it and you keep um, on shelling out dust. So then well, you give them another 16 million and they're bust. They're fighting with the PAC committee. Won't give over the documents, but you still give them money. Well, we, I, I, I do believe in public service broadcasting, including all stations, by the way, not just RT. I, I believe in the, in the Commission and Media's approach there. My view is that all media uh, who develop, you know, over public service content, um, as you do and others do, uh, should be able to tap into a fund centrally provided and compete for so, it. So they're advertising... And their so, television you know, licence is not uh, RT. enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, it's just, uh, it's just, it's not just RT, but I just think we should... Um, there's a broader story in terms of print media as well, that we have to support media more generally. But I think we should... Uh, but the current RT licence fee isn't going to do it. And so there's very tough decisions to be made in respect of RT in, in, in the coming weeks. So yeah. with regards to the convention centre, am I reading it correctly that you are waiting for information from Cork City Council? Yeah, yeah. Even though they've already said that, oh, you want the figure from them that BAM are looking for. Is it the actual amount they've that got, they want? No, they, we know the money. They've, they've come in now with, to be fair, there's been progress made because for the first time ever, we have a detailed design now. Of but have BAM answer. told you how much more and they need They've now. told the City Council. They're dealing with the City Council is the agent here, they're, they're responsible for this event centre. They've come to government looking for the funding and through the Department of Housing they get the funding uh, for the event centre. 
Um, the detailed design was finished in the end of July. I know that, but have they come to you with they a have, number? They've come, um, and, but we've asked them to go back, do your verification process, and other quantity surveyors and so on, to come in and look at this. Is this really... The, 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 the final figures. No, but is there a number? Effect. People would be interested. Have I don't they have said, a specific number here with me. Um, would you say that McFinn is rather going between 30 and 40 million more? Well, I mean, that's all to be... I mean, it's, uh, there's, there's but if Bam look for 30 to 40 well, million... Not, would you, see, they, they have responsibilities too. And you won't own anything. We won't have any skin in the game. I we'll get fat now and stuff. The, 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 the issue here is Live Nation bringing bring in the events. And that's, that's the, the, the challenge. You, we could build a... A massive centre, no one could, no, no events would come to no, it. No, I know, I know that. Uh, you saying, know that yourself. But, you're in, but, but you're will you give them? Will you give them more we're money? We're not giving any commitments here today on the station. We're saying we'll examine it. We're going to give it very serious consideration. But we believe responsibilities are there too with the developers, as well as the, uh, and government. And and this is something to be um, engaged with. We don't obviously that's something that because Aunt Ardy has said this morning in the Echo that she hopes to be sitting in the front row of the convention centre in three years' time. I mean. Like, I, I mean, I should be putting not, this question to Simon Coveney, but this thing was a complete sham back in the day. Well, it shouldn't. It was have been, never thought through. That that sod should never have been dug at the time when they dug it. In my view, because obviously the the, the, the issue then was it didn't nothing materialised for quite a while afterwards, and probably wasn't going to. Um, so I'm not going to be saying where I'll be sitting in three years' time until I see it complete. Um, well, that but, could either uh, be the dial or it could be the head of the European Commission. <laughs> <laughs> Or retired. <laughs> no, I won't be retired. Or retire. not re-elected. I will not be retired. <laughs> We're getting younger, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Including yourself. <laughs> okay, on those, on those, um, I have to go on those compliments, <laughs> we will leave it at that. I'll let you get on, Michal. Thanks Thank for you very much. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate that. Thanks for uh, Martin. Before, before you go, um, in light of recent developments and the arrest of a man in connection with the Tina Satchwell murder, uh, people are wondering about your thoughts with regards to the family. I'm sure they're with their family. Our thoughts and prayers are with the family. Yeah, yeah it's very, very sad yeah. and, 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 and difficult for them right now. Yeah, yeah. thanks a lot. Thanks, Michal. Thanks. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Your thoughts on my conversation with the Tarnished are welcome. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. Red FM. And welcome back to texts and uh, other um, related matters following my conversation with the Tarnished. But do text 0818104106. 0868104106. Of course, the big news uh, in the last few days has been all sorts of developments with regards to uh, missing person Tina Satchwell. Uh, papers carry the fact that a body has been found behind a wall under the stairs in Tina's home. Uh, that's a front page you're making the Independent today. Barry Roach has his uh, articles on the front and inside pages of the Irish Times. I'll talk to him in a moment. Uh, the Sun this morning says, wrapped in plastic and hidden under the stairwell. Um, bizarrely, the Sun today names the man being questioned by Gardaí. Uh, for legal reasons, we're not in a position to do that. But they do say buried under the stairs um, and name the man. Uh, Gardaí renew the appeal. Again, looks continuing to look for information from the public, even though um, the uh, remains have been removed to the COH and are awaiting uh, now DNA um, uh, confirmation. Body hidden under the floorboards in Tina's house. Man arrested after hallway and kitchen dug up in search. Uh, skeletal remains under the hallway floor, they're saying. As I say, Barry Roach uh, carries it in the front and inside pages of the Times this morning. Gardy reviewing the Satchwell file became suspicious over inaccurate information. There's that and lots more to discuss with him and he joins me by phone. Barry, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? So, out of the blue yesterday, um, we had news of um, kangaroo hammers and concrete in an area under the stairs 
the Gardaí or at least forensics and those involved kangoed up and then they dug a metre down into the soil and found skeletal remains. Uh, talk to us about that. Yeah, real Dave Bram, yesterday, Neil, we were talking yesterday morning and it looked as though we were just focusing on the search. Uh, the man had been released on Wednesday evening at five o'clock without charge and that seemed to be that side of the equation put the bed as a for a while and then suddenly we got a call or we learned that Dr. Bolster the assistant head pathologist was being asked to come to the all and it emerged in the course of the morning that remains had been found at nine o'clock on Wednesday night four hours as it were after the man had been released from Garda custody so Garda yesterday asked for Dr. Bolster to come down and then they also went to get an arrest warrant and went looking to arrest the man. He was arrested at a bus shelter opposite the Water Alley Hotel in Yall at around midday yesterday. And just to bring people up to speed on that, he again was brought to Cove Garda Station where he'd been brought on Tuesday. He's in under Section 24, sorry, Section 4 of the Justice Act, which allows Gardaí holds suspects for 24 hours. But unlike the first time, he did opt to suspend questioning last night. So he rested from midnight until 8, and that extends the detention period now till 8 o'clock tonight so Gardy have until then uh, before they must either charge or release the man but to go back then to the house my understanding is that the search teams uh, we were sort of saying during the week there were four areas the garden the backyard the shed and the house and in the house they uh, were assisted by um, well sorry I suppose one of the things that they focused on was one of the Gardaí involved in this investigation has been very um, uh, focused on it and he was examining photographs and he saw photographs which showed a change in a wall being built beside the stairs uh, pre Tina Satchel's experience and afterwards so they were focusing there it's a brick wall built at the side of the stairs effectively cordoning off the stairwell area now even though there are louvered doors there that sort of provide access so they had the assistance of this cadaver dog a springer spaniel called Fern you were asking me last or earlier during the week can dogs smell through concrete I didn't know the answer the answer very definitely is yes oh, well. because Fern got a scent there they started to go their kind of hammers and went through about I think four to six inches of concrete and then kept digging and at a depth under a metre or almost a metre I understand they found human remains called in Dr Bolster and a forensic anthropologist Dr Laureen Buckley uh, to examine the remains in situ initially and then that yesterday afternoon they were removed to CUH for a full post-mortem also of course Dr Bolster would have taken swabs from the remains and Gardy would have samples DNA samples from uh, Tina Satchel's relatives on standby so my understanding is that they were fast-tracked to Dublin to Forensic Science Ireland uh, for comparisons and they expect results back in that today and they're also looking at dental records to try and establish because obviously six years have elapsed since she disappeared so um, they may not be uh, I'm sorry the other thing is there may be some clothing and jewellery as well that may assist them in that uh, identification process Could that be later today or days before? I would expect that they'll be confident that they'll have something at some stage today and that I think Um, I don't mean this is a criticism to anybody but I did read in your copy that this uh, brick wall beside the stairs closed off the stairwell. Uh, guards believe it was built shortly after Miss Satchwell's disappearance. But it was noticed by Gardaí when they visited the house in 2017. Were they not in a position to 
uh, query it further back then or, or what was the deal do you know yeah it, it, well it was noted by them but beyond that I don't I presume at that stage um, we're looking at January oh, sorry June 2017 we're talking about three months afterwards treated as a missing person missing person yeah. so I presume yeah. that initial search would have been focusing on was there any signs of disturbance or blood or whatever but the some alert that. member of the force many years yeah, later said hang on a second that needs yeah, looking there's, at there's been a chap um I don't know the man now, but he apparently has been on this for the last three months in particular. Well, longer, okay. I think. But okay. the last three months in Carrick to Elgarda Station, going through a huge amount of stuff. And he picked up that. There's a lot of talk about new information going forward. My, my understanding is that that isn't the case. I was going to ask uh, you about that, because here's yeah. one of the stories that is certainly being talked about, even down in Yall. It has to do with a drain or a culvert, and I hate saying this, but a, a body part and, and somebody being called in to unblock a blocked drain. Or, or, is there yeah, any truth heard, in that? I've heard that, but I've put that to several guardy familiar with it, and they say, no, that isn't their... Well, that's, they're saying no, and they're, they're, they're hearing it as well, and they're wondering where it's emanated from, but it's in a lot of papers, and I met somebody in Yall last night who said they'd heard it as well and they were asking me about it and I said from what I understand that's not the case it's simply really detailed review of the file and people looking at photographs and checking information they have and seeing discrepancies and seeing uh, discrepancies between what One somebody photo. says in, in a witness statement and what the reality was when Gardaí checked it out themselves and there were a lot of those discrepancies and that formed the basis of this review and uh, Detective Inspector Henry Toomey who was very much driving this I think and Detective Superintendent Sean Healy they made the case for um, this um, arrest and uh, sealing off the house and at least in terms of it looks like I mean obviously we can't judge anything yet but we're waiting DNA results back but it looks like that hunch or that belief was well warranted in terms of recovering what who we presume is, is Portina Satchel. Yeah. So. No, it's just you wonder why would you arrest and question somebody and let them go? Uh, why wouldn't you do the, the dig and all that kind of thing yeah, first? first? Yeah, I, I don't know, but my understanding is that there was a, there was a lot of I was talking to one uh, source who's no longer directly involved, but he said there was a huge amount of circumstantial evidence in this case. Huge amount. But the body he said the discovery of the body really... Mm brings it over the line mm. you know okay so 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 the 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 story about the drains or the next door neighbor with block drains okay i spoke okay. to a few people and i spoke to somebody yesterday a senior a guard who was sort of expressing surprise at how it had sort of started gathered. to do the rounds yeah. yeah yeah but it was very prevalent to talk to people down there the other thing that's i mean paul i think we'll talk to you about this but there was such a sense of um it was nearly more than relief down there yesterday people were so glad Mm. So, I mean, it's a terribly sad story. It's a tragic, obviously, for such a family. But, you know, hopefully it will transpire that it's her and that there will be some sort of closure. But there was a real sense of relief down there. I met a woman from Castellan Roach and she was sort of saying she knew her. And there was just a, a real sense of... It was such a day of drama yesterday. I can't recall anything uh, like it uh, in whatever number of years this stage was doing. Without a doubt, it was a day of drama. Yeah, but like, but I mean, twists and turns yesterday. The guy's released when well, so the body found, then they're looking to rearrest him, and they find him, and then he's in, and you know. It's and what about the second site that they were searching? Some yeah, that's, that's, close that's creamery. A, yeah, it's a very gorgeous. There, um, listeners, maybe from between Kayla and um, and you all, there's a filling station on the left hand side there. Is your maybe midway, maybe closer kill site slightly. But I understand it's about three kilometres back down there in a remote area. There's a lock up 
shed and the man who was arrested was renting that. Guardian went out there, I think, and they searched it. They've seized some what was described as electronic equipment, whether that's phones or whether it's computers, I'm not sure. But they weren't, uh, the sense I was getting at the end of that was it was completed. Superintendent Gamble mentioned, Adrian Gamble mentioned that that search had been completed. I don't think they were holding out any great hope for anything of huge evidential value coming from that but it's part of the obviously you know the one thing that strikes me about this this is an extraordinary thorough investigation mm. it's being run like clockwork uh, in terms of arrests moving and as you know from what we said earlier I mean they're going with chainsaws kangaroo hammers mini diggers sniffer dog or cadaver dog like there is no I don't know what the expense is going to be. It was going to be no expense spared, but I mean, it's been run very, very methodically and very professionally. So it doesn't surprise me that once they heard that this man had been renting this shed, that that suddenly came into the equation. Absolutely, well. so you're there, going to start to put it off. Leaving no stone unturned. Have they left all of the sites now? The Gardaí forensics. Oh no, they're, they're, they're still they're still in 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 the house in Yall, and it's just like that. They'll still. It was you have to go to a court and get um declare it a crime scene and then you have to extend that my understanding is that at the moment they have that extension until Saturday they may go again and because obviously there is there may be other material in the house they recover human remains but there may be other material in there that can assist them in terms of um, establishing what exactly happened to the person if it is Tina Satchel how she met her end as it were so I suspect that will go at least till Saturday and probably next week as well they've sort of budgeted for it for a week long search there so they may very well go there until I, I just get the sense with this this is being done so professionally and so thoroughly that it's going to be exhaustive it really is they're going to leave no stone or turn literally in this you know and how would so the I, DNA work I did read in one of the papers I think it was perhaps the mail this morning they said that they already have Tina Satchwell's DNA yeah, on file they, is that right? Uh, they would have um, fi- or DNA from her relatives on file on standby to test against uh, so I presume some of her sisters would have provided swabs and they would have that so that, uh, they'd have that profile there so then they take the swab from the remains that have been found and I presume a scientist in Forensic Science Ireland then goes and puts them both under the microscope and, and compares and see if there's a match or what the likelihood of matches and that would and then as well as I said the other thing would be dental records they would I imagine have already spoken to her uh, dentist um, and got her dental records so they have those and uh, Dr. Bolster prison post-mortem would be able to compare those records with what she sees at, at post-mortem and so there are two and then as I say the other thing is possibly clothes and um, jewellery I'm not sure if I, I haven't been uh, clear but I haven't been established whether what state uh, whether there was any jewellery and secondly whether what state the clothing um, was in after six years of I know, uh, determined as it were it's a grim story you know but you just feel that at least hopefully no, there'll be some sort of closure for the family uh, whatever with the criminal process that'll take its own course in, in, in or take its own course this was in, in, in due in yeah. time we'll know yeah. more today on that but just in terms but of you say that it, it will be today you're saying Gardy waiting the DNA should get a result today on it they should get a result today on the identification they have the okay. individual in question until 8 o'clock now if they get a direction back after f- 5 they can charge him in the station and hold him and bring him to a special sitting somewhere tomorrow if they get the direction back before five, then there's a possibility they could bring it to a scheduled sitting. There's no scheduled sitting in Court District 20, which is where Yall is. Yall is unusual in court terms, and that is actually a group with Dungarvan, Clonmel, Cashel, and I think Carrigan Shore. Middleton is a different court district, but 
when you don't have a scheduled sitting in Cork District 20, which is the, the all district, then they can bring it to a scheduled sitting, the adjacent one, and the adjacent uh, sitting in Cork District 19 today is in Fermoy. Fermoy. So, Although the, the, the man arrested is in Cove, I think. Is that... He's in Cove, yeah, but um, they'll, if, if, they, if they get a direction to charge before five o'clock and Fermoy is still sitting, I don't, okay. I don't know how busy the, the list they have, or how long a list they have today, then there's a possibility it could be brought to Fermoy, but uh, alternatively, if they don't get direction after five, they can charge in the station, then hold overnight and go to a special sitting, which I presume would it would make sense to try and get a judge to okay. call tomorrow. Okay. okay. Well, let, but it's all to we're, we're jumping the gun a bit. No, absolutely. <laughs> I was just going to say to, to wrap up. Yeah, it's yeah, about yeah. it's about DNA identification yeah. at this yeah. stage, and let's see what today Friday brings. Barry, thank you so much for all of your contributions over the last few days. It's it, it's an incredible story. It's a very really sad is, story, yeah, but extraordinary and the twists and turns and as I say I, yep. I don't think I can recall anything quite as dramatic as yesterday morning in terms of um, certainly from a media point of view where I'm, I'm talking to you here at home so you get a phone call and I'm racing down to, to, to you all to see if I It was fast report. moving the last few days we oh, can certainly was, say really that was, yeah. Okay, alright Barry thank you Listen, so much care. appreciate all it uh, and of course if there are any updates before we go off air uh, and it's possible to talk with Barry Roach again we will certainly do that text 0868 pick up the phone on 0818 104 106. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086 8104 106. Red FM. In other news, of course, it's Friday the 13th. More on that a little later this morning, but it's also Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park, and it will feed between 15 and 20 of you. So make sure you're texting who you are and where you are to 086 8104 We'll start the shout-outs in about a half an hour's time. Uh, I'll tell you more about the food. Chicken wings and chicken skewers and beef skewers. Then the main events include chicken wraps and chicken pittas and the most delicious beef burgers, particularly the spicy one. Basted in the famous piri sauce and all for sides, then the piri salted fries, the rice and the waffle fries. And people love the big cheesecakes because you can put your own toppings on them. You can design your own toppings on your own cheesecakes. So all that um, feeding between 15 and 20 of you. So we need to know who you are and where you are to 86 106 courtesy of ourselves in Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. And we'll start the shout as I say, in and around um, uh, half an hour's time. As well as that, the Maldron have given us some wonderful breaks right across the week. We have two of them to give away between now and quitting time today, which is overnight for four people, including dinner. Uh, and we'll have some fun with that a little later on this morning. Two different winners will win a prize for themselves and their friends, courtesy of ourselves in the Maldron Hotel uh, on the South Mall. Uh, back after 10. Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves in Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. Morning to everybody at GRP Roofing Supplies out in Tremor Road to Mulrock Construction and Mahan. Morning, Ben, to Watson, Marlow and Blackpool, to Karen and our colleagues in the pharmacy department of the South Infirmary Victoria. They're listening all of the time. So is everybody at Custom Engineering and Ovens, Bat McDonald Paints on the Centre Park Road, Donovan Auto Services in Upper Glanmire. Uh, big shout out to the staff in Morrison's Island Campus, formerly known as the College of Commerce. Morning to you all. Hi, Rebecca. To everybody uh, in the loading section of Aer Lingus would love some munchies today. To Denny, he's health and fitness and 
Penrose Dock to Sage in the Dosco Business Park in Douglas working very hard the food there is fabulous food in Sage big tasty food for them if they got lucky today instead of serving it up Neville Jewellers morning Toby and Ashling and Katie all hard working and finally for now Riverstick Motors the hard working staff testing your commercial vehicles and starving with the hunger so we'll do some more shout outs in half an hour time all you got to do is text or email who you are sorry text who you are and where you are to 0868104106 other stories making the papers this morning include um, the I think it's it's fairly joined up thinking to raise the Garda age to 50 so it's up from 35 to 50 it's been announced by the Justice Minister that anybody up to the age of 50 uh, will be able to enlist um, and train and be recruited into Ungarda Shikona you know the reasons why we haven't got enough of them uh, the Echo this morning uh, picks up on a story and one of the questions that put to the tarnished Michal Martin the continuing costs of the event centre all tied into inflation and cost of material and I was mentioning that the CEO says that she uh, hopes to be sitting in the front row of Cork's event centre within the next three years um, <laughs> the, more, the more this goes on I actually think I won't even be on the air anymore <laughs> won't be on the air anymore by the time this conference and convention centre actually opens. Now the question that I put to the Tornist is the story in the examiner RTE will run out of cash by the spring what do you want us to do about that? It was a private sector business they would just collapse and go into receivership and they need more money Uh, they say that they need 61 million to bail them out. Meanwhile they won't hand over this very important note or document between um, D Forbes and Noah Kelly, Ryan Tuberley's agent, going back along with regards to the deals and the wheeling and dealings about his contract and the Renault payments and everything. And this could go to court, actually, if RTE don't give it to PAC. It's a very important document for the PAC committee, and they won't do it. Um, anybody that's suffering with long COVID, and God knows has spoken to people on air about it, they're absolutely floored. You won't be happy with the news uh, that there's going to be an end to the state funding for those affected by the illness of uh, COVID-19. Uh, long COVID. I think that's cruel myself. Um, and also, of of course, the big game at the weekend. This is the knockout stages of the World Cup and Ireland take on uh, the All Blacks um, and they'll do the hacker. Uh, a huge Irish support is heading out through Dublin Airport this weekend and Cork Airport also amid calls for the team to do the river dance as a response to the All Blacks hacker. That would look pretty. That would look pretty good. I don't know if they have time to to rehearse it, but um, anyway, it's just a thought. A bit of a light-hearted story from the point of view of the match uh, tomorrow. Um, I'd love actually to talk to any New Zealanders on Lee's side as to uh, how you're feeling about your team's chances against Ireland and where will you be watching uh, the match tomorrow. There's a lovely story actually making uh, this morning's star and it has to do with Rachel Allen and the extended Allen family. They're saying that the family was asked many times to do their own reality television show. That'd be an interesting one, wouldn't it? The Allens and their own celebrity uh, television show it's a big article with lots of photographs making the star on that one today and of course I mentioned earlier on today uh, unfortunately the uh, latest developments with regards to uh, missing uh, Tina Satchwell. Um, papers also, you know, you talk about uh, the Grand National when it comes around every year. There's awful criticism about cruelty to animals. I see now that they are improving safety. They're going to cut the maximum numbers of runners, indeed horses, 
competing in the Grand National from 40 to 34. It's one of the major shake-ups. In the years gone by, of course, they reduced the height of fences and stuff like that. But in light-hearted news, um, I see that um, Friday the 13th makes the papers today. Um, and for some, of course, they won't even go outside the front door. They'd be that superstitious about it. But I see in the star, they, they remind us that today is the last of two Friday the 13th in 2023 because we had one back in January. Now, some years we have three of them. But many people sail through them. I'm always very suspicious and reticent about Friday the I don't know why. Uh, I don't want to live a life like that. But unfortunately, I do have kind of a little bit worry about it. Um, but, you know, all of you can go back actually to Jesus Christ and the Last Supper when 13 of them sat down together. Um, and ever since that, then it's been thought that uh, th- Jesus and the 12 apostles, of course, and he got crucified. So they figure that if 13 people sit down together, one will surely die within a year. Um, It's amazing the amount of places where you won't see a 13. Do you recall the 131 and the 132 car registrations back in the day? Buyers weren't all that keen to buy a car in 2013 because they were afraid that they wouldn't be able to shift it because it would have a cursed number plate on it. But also, you have many ships don't have a 13th deck. Um, They go from 12 to 14. Ryanair and Air France don't have a row 13 on their airplanes. I never knew that. No row 13. Um, Hotels and elevator manufacturers. Hotels avoid 13th floors. And estate agents say that homes with the number 13 on the front door are tougher to sell. I wonder is it they sell them cheaper. The number 13 in a new build goes considerably cheaper than number 12 and number 14. Because what I do is I'd buy the cheaper number 13, I'd get rid of the number and I'd give it a name instead. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM. Just returning, of course, to the big story uh, over the last few days. And this is the continuing investigation into the disappearance of Tina Satchwell and uh, skeletal remains being found, found under the stairs, under the concrete, under a metre of soil in her home uh, buried under the stairs is the front making the sun wrapped in plastic and hidden under the stairwell it's awfully sad we await DNA results later on today Barry Road says from the Irish Times to identify who that skeletal remain is belonged to um, while that's happening I was watching the TV3 news last night at, at 5.30 and Paul Byrne was live uh, from you all um, and was showing very, very sad footage of the blacked out van carrying those skeletal remains out of the property. It was just so sad to watch it slowly reverse away from the home. Paul Byrne joins me by phone. Um, morning, Paul. Uh, it's a very sombre um, um, atmosphere in you all in general yesterday, I would say. Would I be right? Absolutely correct, Neil. Um, Tuesday night, there was a lot of activity from locals but as time went on uh, people became very very quiet and taken aback and very upset the the disappearance of Tina Satchwell people have taken it as as a personal attack on them because she was very much part of the community um, you know, she was seen everywhere around Yall and from my her walking the dogs, yeah, walking the dogs. They yeah. were, as I said to several people, they were her babies, yeah, uh, Ruby and Heidi, and she lived for the babies and and her parrot. But um, in the last uh, 24, 48 hours, people have really, really uh, been shell shocked. 
Um, there was nobody down there yesterday or the day before, you know, out with their mobile phones, taking shots and driving. No, they weren't, but I saw in your report last night on the 5.30, bouquets of flowers. Yeah, um, lots of people coming down and feeling very, very upset, leaving bouquets of flowers. And uh, one of them, I think, read, um, so, so far... Uh, all the time. Rest in peace, Tina. Now, I know we, we haven't concrete. We don't know. That we don't Tina, know. But look, yeah. we, we, we're, it's almost a given at this stage, Neil. But people are really, really upset. And last night, we were live as well into the Tonight Show. You know, I know the weather was quite miserable, but there was this eerie silence on Grattan Street last night. Um, there was the odd car passing up. It, it was honestly, it was it was a deafening silence, and there was guards still on duty at the house behind me at that time, which is still sealed off. And in the window alongside, in the house next door, a, a candle was flickering in the window. It was like, and I, I, I don't, but it was like something you'll see in a movie. And this, but this was for real. Yeah, this yeah. Was I think those neighbours actually said to one of the newspapers, <coughs> it might have been the Echo, that um, it's just <laughs> awful to comprehend that uh, something like this was in the house next door to them for all those years. Awfully sad. People are, people are absolutely shocked. And, you know, they were saying, Jesus, I passed here every day for the last six and a half years um, and not knowing. And, you know, the not knowing, I suppose, is, is more so for the family because uh, Tina's family, they, they've endured six and a half years of not knowing but pure heartache. And hopefully, you'll never have closure, but hopefully this will ease the burden in some way that they have um, experienced. A little longer to wait though, right? For the DNA confirmation. Yeah, I know, you know, look at samples of the DNA were with uh, under Garda Escort yesterday to Dublin because DNA samples from Tina's family and her sisters in particular had been taken. I mean, this 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 worked like clockwork, this investigation since they moved in on Tuesday. They had everything lined up. We have the DNA, we have the diggers to move in. Once we discover something, take it to the forensic lab in Dublin, yeah. get somebody in custody. I mean, the man was arrested yesterday Day at 12 o'clock, the moments we'll say uh, after the, uh, the the remains were found, yeah. the, the the suspect was being shadowed um, by plainclothes detectives since he was released on Tuesday or Wednesday morning. And he was sitting at the bus stop um, across from the Sir Walter Raleigh in the all, Sir Walter Raleigh Hotel. Uh, the plainclothes detectives moved in, and as soon as they did, an, an unmarked uh, guard jeep moved in and other um, officers moved in, no, they were they had the guard jackets on them. The guy stood up from the, the bench, uh, he folded his arms, they chatted and seconds later he was in the Jeep and off to uh, Cove Garda station. Mm, mm, mm. Um, is it quieter there now? I was asking Barry Roach earlier on has much of the guard activity moved away or are they still in situ? I believe they're, they're, they're far from finished, mm. is that right? Far from finished, they'll be there for another number of days. The uh, the lockup that he used outside um, uh, on, uh, off the Cork to Killer Road that's no longer a crime scene. Uh, they did recover some bits and pieces there yesterday, but I don't think there's anything really of any evidential value to the investigation. But the house, I reckon, will remain sealed off for at least another four to five days. Um, I know that 
once there is positive identification, a vigil is being planned in Tina's native Formoy. Um, I spoke to a good friend of Tina's last night, a lady by the name of Noreen Cody, who would have, you know, been a, a pal of Tina's over the years. And they're going to organise a vigil in the uh, town, in the park in Formoy, where Tina was often seen walking with Ruby and Heidi. Mm. And they're saying that will happen once they get concrete information that it's her, uh, that the remains are those of Tina, and they will organise that vigil. Um, you know, as I said, the, the, the flowers, the, the candles, the vigil, um, people across Ireland, not just in Yall, but people across Ireland, have been following this story from day one. Mm. I think it's just something that they took to their hearts they were deeply concerned for her well-being and I think at this stage we might have some uh, closure hopefully and you know I know there was this fresh set of eyes and uh, fresh people went in to look at the investigation and in fairness I think they must be complimented for what they did in the last number of months because what happened between Tuesday at 5 o'clock and as we speak has been incredible detective work Yes, I mean, uh, I'm happy. I'm happy to deal with that just for another second or two and get and get your thoughts on it. This this alternative version of events is that is that categorically wrong that there was an issue with the drains and some professionals came in and there was a blockage there and that's what originally attracted the attention that there may have been. I hate saying this, uh, so, some body parts, but that that's not true. That it all was under the stairs. I think the majority of the remains have been under the stairs and under the, the, the floorboard, or the, the, under the stairs and then the wall. I, I, look, we, we're hearing these rumours about body parts being stuck in the drains. I don't know, Neil, okay. and that okay. is the yeah. on the truth. And the guards, for operational reasons, won't divulge that, and, and rightly so. Okay. You know, they, they, they deal in facts, they don't deal in speculation. Fair enough, fair enough. Let us leave it at that, Paul. Thanks so much for taking the call. I'll let you get back to it. Paul Byrne, Southern Correspondent uh, with uh, um, the um, TV3. I'm just thinking here, I won't do it now, I'll do it after the break, but I I do recall, I I spoke with a very distraught uh, Richard Satchwell in studio on the 12th of March back in 2018. There was a search underway at the time, if you remember, if I remember correctly, it was in in Mitchell's Wood in in Castle Martyr. I had spoken uh, with a distraught Richard Satchwell on a number of occasions uh, on this programme over the years. Uh, The investigation was one of a missing person at the time. Um, it, was, it was a fairly lengthy studio interview, but um, edited, or Seamus has edited down into uh, a tighter package, but he was talking about his worry um, as to where she was and uh, how she was and his thoughts and his hopes with her with regards to her uh, turning up and just literally coming back home or getting in touch. And I'll play part of that after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104 Cork's Red FM. In studio, a very exhausted looking uh, Richard Satchwell as we come up to the anniversary, March 20th, 2017. The Monday morning etched in your memory uh, every single waking hour since then. I know you spoke about the day in carry tool at the at the boot sale yeah. and I know that you came back via Castle Martyr and I know that Tina was going around saying to people um, I would never do anything to, to hurt Richard I love him too much um, I was very interested in that part of the conversation and, and I'm not here to trip you up or catch you out I have no idea what happened to Tina although if you were to ask me I don't think she's alive Richard because if she was alive she wouldn't be putting people through this dig She'd reach out to somebody, uh, you know. 
She wouldn't put her loved ones through this. As I said many on many of occasion, I don't want to go down that road. Because if I go down that road, I know the way I feel already. Mm. So if I lose hope, then I've got nothing left. But that day, coming back, what, what did she talk about? Do, do you recall anything that might have been going on in her head? The drive back through Castle Martyr? The, the drive back was... To be honest with you, things was always this. I'd, I'd stay at the car and I'd be selling stuff and we've said this on the num- numerous occasions. People just tended to gravitate to us. Yeah. So I'd have a lot of people coming up to the car talking to me. She'd be going around the car boot by and talking to a lot of people. And every time, it didn't matter what car boot it was that we went to, even if we was like, say, up country when I was driving a truck with her in beside me, and she'd go into a second-hand shop and she'd buy something. She'd be excited over the purchase. And that'd be what she'd be talking mm. about. She'd be taking them out of the bags. She'd be holding them up. Did, did, did that put the two of you under a lot of financial pressure? Was, was Tina working? No. Okay, was but it your, just your income? Well, I said, she, she was a bargain hunter. Okay, so she would turn around for profit and what have you? Well, no, she'd buy, she'd use, she'd wear... And, and then, then, then she sell them. Okay, on. so that day coming home, there was nothing untoward. There was like you didn't row. There was no, no fight. We, I, did, I, we did exactly the same as what we did every week. We'd go to a car boot sale. We'd come back. I'd go into the house, make tea and a cup of tea. Then I'd spend half an hour emptying the car, putting stuff away. Then it'd be like we'd get a takeaway every Sunday. We'd have a takeaway. And at the time, Apache in Yorda was doing a twenty one ninety nine deal where you got two large pieces, chips and dip and stuff. So what we'd do, we'd have one piece of that night and the chips that night, put the other one in the fridge and okay. eat it for the following day. Gotcha. And that all went through fine. That was normal. She that ate normally. Normal. Yeah. Everything was normal. Because yeah. you, you said on, on CRYFM that, um, that she did hit you in the past, that... There were fights and that there were arguments. I'm not saying that she was an abusive partner. Titina was one of these. Now, she was a great woman. I have not got a bad word to say about her. But then you you said that, but then you said that she beat you. But um, she she could have a flash temper. She could be there like, and just hit you and then she'd be crying, apologising. That's all it was. There was no intent. Did you ever hit back though? Never. Yeah, yeah. Never. At her worst times, the most I've ever done is holding my arms tight until she's gone down. You love the bones off her, things we say. She's my life. Yeah, but I suppose, I suppose we all hold things back in life, don't we? None of us tell the 100% truth about all of our relationships. Do you know what I mean? And, 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 and like, we don't, like, and I'm sure you're the same. No, you, you probably aren't being 100 not with me anyway you may well be with the guards well the guards know everything everything to do with the stuff that I will not talk about this they, thing they, about they, 2012 they, 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 they've, was, got, they've got it all yeah there the was some, some issue with the family that led to depression that led to her um, wanting to go do you think do you, do you, do you think that, that this four years six years just became too much for her and she just wanted to go and if so well personally I think 2006, 2010, 2012, the lot all added together. And the guards know of these the instances. Guards all know, yeah. So, so would it be? Was she helped? Did somebody from y'all help her? From from why? Do you think she may have been having an affair? Do you think yeah, that's that one thing I know? Hundred percent in my heart, she never has done or would do. That's why I now believe the comments around the car boot the day before was about. 
I would not do anything to hurt him. Well, why say that? That's a bizarre thing to say. For somebody to walk around saying that to people, it, it, it seems out of character unless there's a reason for saying it. You haven't managed to work out why she was saying that. The only thing I can, I can say is that she wanted me to know that, yeah, I'm not there. Because I didn't find this out until a week, ten days later that she was saying this. The only thing I, I draw from it, it keeps me going somewhat, is that I'm not hurting you in the way that I've been off with somebody. I've been faithful to you. I know there was four days. You know when she, you know when she went that yeah. morning? What did she take with her? As in items of clothing? Yeah. I, I honestly can't tell you. Because... she take I, anything? I've, I've had a lot of abuse, like... Or somebody buying that amount of clothes, obviously depressed and all that. But if that was the case, she would have been depressed before she met me. Because she's she been the same since she was a child. She loved her style. She I mean, loved, that's not a sin. I've had members of press ring me up before I actually got used to the numbers. And they'd answer, because they know that I wouldn't spend any time on the phone with them. So they were starting with, did you not ever think about putting Tina into a psychiatric hospital to the fact she's got clothes with new tags hanging off in the picture that... What, what, I don't understand that. What, what's wrong with having new clothes with tags on well, them? Well, you see, well, I, I personally think it's like they try to antagonise me so I get nasty so they can paint me in a bad light. They're goading you then? I've, I've even had it where a reporter I got home from work after doing an overnight stint I pulled up outside home yeah, ironically, it was the same night I ended up discovering suitcases. And I pulled up outside the house. I didn't even guess to switch the engine off on the car before I got bangs at the car window. I was after booking to pick sort of a takeaway up at the um, Roma Grill because at the time I was waiting for the guys to come take the suitcases away. But I never handled them suitcases. One was in a bag that you couldn't see, and one was identical to one. Yeah, the ones you talking. found at the, yeah. the car park. But when the guards got there and they took them out and examined them in front of me, I knew there and then there wasn't Tina's. So she, you don't know if she took suitcases? Well, you I know she took suitcases. I don't know what clothes she took. But she did take clothes? She did, because the suitcases are gone. Tina's got so many clothes. Why would you take a suitcase of clothes and not take a passport, though? Or she doesn't have one. Okay, why didn't you have one? Well, one, you'd never get Tina on an aeroplane. No. Never, you would not. Okay. She's okay. used the ferry. But, um... She hasn't been spotted leaving the country in any of these exit areas. So no no passport, no mobile phone, uh, no purse, no ATM cards, um, but 26 grand in cash. Yeah. Like, I remember when I sold my house, our first home, I never got cash. It went into a bank. How, how did you end well, up with 26k in cash? Well, you see, it's, I know it's always been reported as it came from... The sale, the sale of the house in Vermont. Yeah. But if people go back or if people listen to recordings and stuff done at the time, we, the depositors, paid to the auctioneer. We picked that up ourselves. But this checkbook wasn't being done... So he gave us so many thousand in cash, which he got from the bank that day. And it was a, a good amount of cash savings from doing the car boot sales for three or four years. So the an auctioneer gave you... Yeah. How much? Well, that's something I'm not willing to discuss. It's not the full 26,000, but, you know, certain details. It was the deposit that the buyer put yeah. on the purchase of yeah. your house. Yeah. Okay, so could have been eight 
grand, ten grand or something like that. Yeah. And the rest of it then was your own your cash? savings over three, four years. Cash savings over three, four okay. years. Okay. It was an, an incredibly silly thing to do to keep that money in the house, though. You, you do know that. Well, yeah, but... Um, very likely, other than going to car boot sales, there would always be one of us in. Do you feel angry or bitter towards her that she would take your life sa- savings, leg it, without letting you know she she clearly had told you she was unhappy because she had all sorts of issues in her life leading to these... Am I angry? That's, that's one I've answered a lot. That she's left you high and dry, no, facing no, the no, media, not, a search I'm, in the woods, and I'm she... I'm not angry as such. I'm disappointed in the fact that when I went through my bad spell, I sat down and I talked it out with her. And the closest thing to anger that I come, and it's not anger, I'll probably be misquoted in the press tomorrow by saying that, but I spent my life trying to give everything, being good to her, give her the life that my father gave my mother and then this happens and I'm anything but a good thing. What do you mean you're anything but a good thing? Well, I know people have said bad things about me. I know that. Well, I have people walk up and say to me, did you hear this? It was only the other day I had a girl that went to school with Tina and that we also know personally together walk up to me and she said, I'm telling people, well, you'll end, you'll end up giving Richard an apology because we all know the way he is with her. Well, I suppose your interest in you is because you're, the, you're her husband and you're the last person to see her alive. Yeah. So that's why. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that you're, I'm not saying, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Do the guards regard you as a suspect in her disappearance? I've said this before. Um, the only time, and it was because everything was so raw for me, when they searched the house I did feel that way but I have never been called in under caution I've done everything under my own accord Tina's mobile phone which I've continued to pay the bill on month to month yeah but when the guys did talk to you were they were they they weren't aggressive towards no, you there no, wasn't good cop I'll, bad I'll be, cop or anything no I'll be honest with you now and I can't say a bad word against the Gary they've been very good I've been, basically, if I want to, virtually any time, I could contact the detective in your barracks and go down to your guard barracks right. to sit down and have a, a chat off the record, a cup of coffee and that down there. Yeah. The guys have been very good in all fairness. Yeah. Uh, I remember some months back um, offering you um, an opportunity and I said I would pay for uh, a lie detector test. I, I actually have a, a, a booking for you if, if you wish to take up on that um, why did you bring up the whole lie detector test, test thing in the first place was it because, because people said I, you I, killed I, your I wife twied. at the moment and I answered the same question on the community radio in your I just feel too low in myself but why did and you bring it up you said I would do a lie detector test because I've got, I, I absolutely got nothing to hide to prove what that you didn't yeah I've got nothing to do I do not know where Tina is yeah. I have presents at home I bought for birthday, anniversary, Christmas and Valentine's. I am keeping everything going as best I can, to try and keep stuff as normal as I can. Do you think that, okay, so you don't think it was an affair, you think that she's still alive, you don't think she committed, took her own life, do you? I, I, that's, that's one thing I am 
totally guided. She's just not the type of person to. But did she, was she close to, she had a very close friend, didn't she, in Fermoy? Yeah, she got a friend in Fermoy that I, I knew that they were very good friends. Yeah. But I met her there last week and she's after saying, basically Tina confided in me as much as what she did. In her? Uh, yeah, you know. So she has nothing to add? Well, the thing she said to me, she herself, if anybody asked her where she thinks Tina is, and this is what she said to me last week, she thinks that she's probably in the UK as well. How could she get to the UK? She'd be picked up uh, leaving the country. Like, uh, how can a f- best friend say that when Tina hasn't contacted her and they're digging up half a castle martyr looking for her and she's well, not see, picking up the phone and saying... I'm okay. We're, we're, we're all there. Everybody. Tina's family, friends. We all know it's out of character. We all know it. If she, if she, um, you know, you said that she wouldn't want you to talk about the things back in 2012, but yet you did talk about the fact that she hit you, or you did talk about the fact that she said she'd get the guards if you followed her. What would you say that if I said you were selective about the things that you want to share and don't share? Like, one of the key reasons that she has disappeared is because of something in 2012 that nobody will talk about. Now, I don't, there's somebody that you and I both know very well, knows the full story start to finish. There's stuff that I will not put out there. Somebody in the media does know. And I have been asked on the numerous occasions, in fact, to the point of practically begging to let it be out there. But if I let it be out there, then yes, I agree, there will be a lot of weight off my shoulders. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying you, you will admit that she hit you, but you won't admit something that would get the pressure off your back. Because I know, at the end of it all, the focus would go from Tina over here to a different place altogether. Yeah, but what would be so wrong with that? Because right now, you're either in the public's eye... Um, Guilty or innocent of whatever happened to your wife. So you'd lift that weight off your shoulders, wouldn't you? Are you married, Neil? Yeah. If your wife come to you and said to you, made you promise so solely on something, would you leave it out there? But she's gone. She's gone nearly a year. There's no sight nor sound or hair on her head spotted since. Well, I can say, the guys know everything there is to know. I respect my wife's wishes, I always have done. Like you said, you've spoken yourself to Tina's family, and they do not even want to discuss it. I don't know. My, my opinion I don't know is, whether it would help or not. Well, my opinion is, if I put this out there, not only would it be betraying Tina... It could be the one thing in life that could push you over the edge. And I'm not taking that responsibility. Okay, Okay. so you are going to live in hope that she doesn't turn up in the woods, but that she turns turns up at the front door, even though that's fairly unlikely, isn't it? Well, I've had stuff said to me that people have gone missing before for a lot longer than a year and turned up. 
even in Ireland. So, yeah, yeah. And, I, that, I said, and, that, and not read and I, well I, only if she's held against her, w- her will I, I mean I, I, like the only way that somebody would turn up after a long period of time is either they had lost their memory they were being held against their will because otherwise they'd contact someone like their best friend like I live in Oak that's all I can say I, I can't go into Washington's brain how will you I, feel if the, if, if the guards call you up and say we've made a discovery in, in Mitchell's Wood I'd be an emotional wreck. Yeah. And to be honest with you, suicide, no suicide apart. Even without suicide, I say it wouldn't last six months. Okay. But you never mentioned there when I asked you the question about finding out, being wanting to be part of finding out what happened to her. Would that be a part of your reaction? Well, that's all. I, I mean, that's the question that's answered for itself. That's obvious. Well, you didn't obvious, say it. You just said everybody wants emotional to. wreck, suicide. I, but you didn't say to me, I want to know what. What killed her? Who killed her? How she died? Well, like I say, their, their thoughts, I try not to think. I go, I, I get up some mornings, I can sit downstairs and just do nothing for hours. You'd sit and in the it, same spot. And, and if it wasn't for the dogs, having to look after the dogs, well, I know that's what Tina's expect. And to uh, change the Paris food and fruit and that daily and stuff. What have I got? Do you eat? Now and then. You don't sleep, you, you don't eat, you don't have a friend staying with you, you have nobody in the world. Uh, the only people that seem to want to spend time with you are the media. Like it's, it's a fairly dark place for you. You're on, you're on antidepressants. It's, it's tough. I'm not denying it's tough. And she knows I'm, all of this? She I'm knows denying, all of this, you think? I'm not denying that nightly... Little Ruby the Chihuahua, we have her licking tears off my face nightly. You know? All I can do is stay at home, wait for the phone to ring, hope. I don't go to church, I've never been religious, even though I did grow up going to Catholic schools and everything. I don't go to church, but I have started praying. I know, I know. And why did you say you won't take the lie detector test that I offered you? Uh, I just, I've had no sleep in a week. Yeah. I've been up and down Dublin. You know, I, need, I need a rest, I need a break. I'd be afraid to take a lie detector test, because even if I had nothing to hide, I'd still be afraid I'd fail it. Well, I, as I've said, and I've also promised another person, another member of the media, that when I do, it'll be with that person that I'll do it. The lie detector test? Yeah. Okay. Not me. I've, um, if, I, if I give somebody my word... All right. And you did. And and I want to acknowledge I, I, that. I, I came back Thank and I actually got in touch with the show yesterday yeah. saying I wasn't feeling too well. I understand that. And and, and and I wasn't, I was expecting a phone call, but in fairness to you, you're here. And I, I am grateful for that. And I don't mean to in any way um, harass you. I, the questions may have been difficult. They needed to be asked. I'm sure you appreciate that. Thank you for answering them. I think it would be a good idea if maybe you, you try to get some sleep or try and have a good lunch or a dinner that's or easy, something. That's easier and said than done because while we've been here, I put my phone on silent. And for the last God knows how long, it's not stopped going. And that was from uh, March of 2018, distraught uh, Richard Satchwell. The search was underway at the time at Mitchell's Wood in Castle Martyr. Um, subsequently, it did not um, result in anything back in those dates. But of course, there have been 
developments. Uh, text 0868104106. Can I also acknowledge a lot of texts earlier this morning from uh, guys, you guys who've been listening to my conversation with uh, the Tonish to Michal Martin. I want to read out some of those. Um, and I'll do that in a few minutes' time. But on a lighter note, uh, it is Friday, and uh, I know we have very, very serious and very sad stories unfolding. Uh, but we have some great giveaways right across the week, courtesy of ourselves and the Maldon Hotel on the South Mall. Uh, and it's your opportunity to take yourself and your buddies, four of you, um, for an overnight stay in the beautiful Maldon Hotel on the South Mall, including dinner. Now, I know we've been talking about um, uh, the different stories that you've been giving with regards to ways to relax and unwind and the different chores that you engage in to relax and unwind. But just throwing into the mix as well, I have some of those calls after 11 for sure I will, but just throwing into the mix as well. I also want to incorporate um, one of the prizes, the overnight stay for four people, including dinner. So those of you who feel superstitious and those of you that absolutely uh, cannot handle Friday the 13th, I was mentioning it earlier on, the amount of people who would, um, you know, um, not even go outside the front door on 2013 um, or anything with the 13 in it on a Friday. But I did read some of the different reasons why the date is very famous or infamous. But there are also other ones that we're talking about in 2010 in the US. Uh, nearly a billion dollars was lost um, on every single Friday the 13th down through the years because people were too terrified to even leave their homes and spend money. That's how bad they are in the States. But the most famous uh, computer virus in history is also called the Friday the 13th virus. And that struck in 1989 and deleted files on operating systems across the UK. Um, in fact, also, I was talking about air, air, airplanes without a row 13 in them. Um, you might recall the Uruguayan Flight 571 en route to Chile uh, when it crash landed in the Andes. Uh, on Friday, October the 13th, 1972. Now, there was a book, very good book written on that. It was called Alive. 99.9% sure it was called Alive. But they also made a film out of it and lots of documentaries because it was reported that survivors had to eat dead passengers to stay alive at the time. Um, and they're just some of the different stories from Friday the 13th. So your thoughts on it? Does it give you the heebie-jeebies? Text on that one. In- indeed, has anything happened to you on a Friday the 13th? Text 0868104106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. Red FM. On a free food Friday, courtesy of ourselves in Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park with big shout-outs to Middleton Educate Together National School. Free food and lunch for the staff, please. Everyone is dressed in black and white in support of the magpies. <laughs> Malton Hotel and Shandon Lodge would love some peri-peri chicken. Morning to Abina. To everybody at Smurf at Kappa and Powered Off Industrial Estate, your most constant listener, apparently. So morning to you, Agnes. Northside Tires and the Old Mallow Road. Carrigaline Cheese. Hectic week with the Christmas orders. Blockwall Developments in Ballinglana. The uh, Transport and Operations Staff at National Seaways in the Port of Tivoli. Bridgewater Homes and Lift Safety Services out in Bowling. Industrial Estate, working hard, delivering top-class health and safety training courses. EMH Technical Services are listening, all of the electricians in particular. Rockwell Engineering, Power Haulage and Carrick Tool. Cobots.ie would love feeding. They've had a hard week. Ross Oil Company, just another few here. All Round Beauty in Mayfield. Route 14 Bar and Restaurant. Morning to Lisa and Sonia. Innovative Total Solutions in Middleton. To everybody at Nibble Cafe. I love the name of that. The Nibble Cafe in Mallow. Um, they're food is second to none but they wouldn't be adverse to having somebody else 
uh, preparing it for them, which would give them a bit of a busman's holiday. The Rapid Prostate Cancer Clinic out at the CUH, Egan's Hearing and Opticians on Levitt's Key, PRL Logistics, Paddy Power and Gron, and the Orchid Centre in the CUH. So we'll have one more bunch of shout-outs between now and a quarter to midday today. So text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. Following my conversation with Michal Martin this morning, he's not living in reality. My God, the Irish people are being forced to do without basics now. Honestly, I have no words. I'm all for human-to-human kindness, but this country is getting worse by the day. It's totally wrong. Uh, People should know that. History repeats itself. Uh, He simply is not answering the questions. Um, Who's interviewing who? Sounded as if he was interviewing you. Foreign aid is all well and good, but what about our own? Our own people sleeping on streets, not being able to afford homes, lying on trolleys daily in hospital. Get him to justify why our own people aren't being looked after first and foremost. Um, Has Michal Martin been affected? Has he gone hungry, gone cold? Of course not. Does he worry from week to week, trying to feed his kids and keep them warm, to keep a roof over his head? Uh, He knows nothing. Um, Trying to pay my bills, otherwise I'd be on air. Um, He has a condescending attitude. How dare he? Irrespective of humanitarian grounds, we cannot afford to take in so many refugees. We cannot afford it. He has no business spending our money um, going to Ukraine. He and his unelected government are nothing but career politicians. Uh, They listen. They refuse to listen to the people, but they should have a duty of care to us. How dare he laugh at that, my friends? in France, continue to ask if we're all dead in Ireland, allowing all of this to happen. Fair play to Michal Martin. He's obviously passionate about the conversation he's having and he has answers to everything you're saying to him. It's easy for you to pick out the bad things in a world that is full of bad news. He's fully committed to protecting our country and I believe he should be given the chance without being persecuted, as it doesn't help the situation, Neil. I never voted in my life, as I believe every politician is a con artist, but Michal Martin will now 100% get my vote. Too many people bickering and picking out bad news for their own glorification. But he's taking it on the chin and he's doing something about it. Fair play to him and fair play to you for having him on. Uh, Mike Michal, close the borders, close the borders, close the borders. Uh, Can you ask him about the 9,000 Section 39 disability service workers going on indefinite strike next Tuesday? Staff and Enable Ireland, St. Joseph's Foundation are on 2,008 salaries. Um, any statement Michal Martin doesn't like is suddenly right-wing or Sinn Féin propaganda, I see. He was voted in on the sixth count. Propaganda is him telling you what you see, um, you don't see, what you hear, you don't hear, and believe he's, uh, and, and to believe him regardless of the truth or anything else you happen to say to him, he would deem as being Sinn Féinist, populist or right-wing. Um, and just one or two more the cost of energy must come down or else the government must come down uh, there aren't so many people happy with the government Mihar Martin doesn't like to be challenged with questions that need to be asked they took in and we still have far too many um, get that man off the air he doesn't represent, of, doesn't represent us he was compliant when we all had to endure the longest lockdown in the world damaging our economy beyond repair uh, made vaccines mandatory took away our rights and killed and damaged multiple people um, in all fairness now, um, he is not responsible for the deaths of anybody. Um, you may say that COVID was, or maybe the restrictions were, that people died of issues involving maybe uh, loneliness, or they died of cognitive decline and what have you, but please be fair. Um, Poland is one of the safest countries. Ireland is one of the least safe. Poland has one of the lowest costs of living, and Ireland is one of the highest. 
Poland, housing is cheap and available in Ireland. It's neither cheap nor available. Poland places Polish culture and traditions above all others. We embrace multiculturalism to the detriment of our own culture and tradition. Poland proudly enforces strict immigration policies. Ireland meekly adopts open policies. Perhaps we should take a, po- a book out of po- a page out of Poland's book. Please tell the Tornista I've lost three children to emigration and I expect my last to leave after college. No hope of ever getting a home here. Uh, two billion to bring people into the country. Yeah, well, that's that's just in, in one year, incidentally. Just just very quickly, a call this side of, uh, of 11 o'clock uh, from the Independent Council of Party, Janine. Party, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I've got I've got about maybe three three and a half minutes. So, uh, your thoughts? Um, you want to just on, on, with regards to my conversation with Michal Martin? Is there something you wanted to pick up on? But there was there was there was one specific thing, um, and I suppose you could say it's a bit sideways of the budget, etc. But it's regarding our policy to climate change, our policy to um, alternative transport needs, our policy with regarding um, petrol and diesel cars, and the the lesser use of each of of them. And then we have the Middleton TOR rail line and no mention of it whatsoever if probably being reinstalled or reintroduced. Uh, my apologies on that. There's only so much I could get through with the 20 minutes I had. Oh, but I, understand I, I, I take the I point. Understand that. Yeah, so has that not got a green light to go ahead? Is that not going to go along in tandem with the Greenway? Not, no, no, not at all, not at all. I attended um, Irish Rail um, seminar there in the Metropolitan Hotel last April and they were on about the, uh, the, the investment in Cork, Cork Rail and I raised that issue regarding the Middleton T R line. And, and at the time I got a response that was kind of positive in a way, and it, that, that, the, that it was still in, that they were saying to me that the all line is still in their sites without doubt in the future. So I said that was kind of positive. But then in July, the in Ardairn, our Irish Rail uh, launched their All-Island Rail Review, and there's no mention of all whatsoever. Mm, and mm. and I, think, I think that's a, a bit of... Um, I don't know. I, I, just, I just think it's a bit of a cop out on, on our own climate. It's all very policy. well to talk about climate policies and reducing fossil fuel footprints, but you do it by putting in alternatives like that rail line. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think like we we have like we have the rail line as such, even though it does not attract. We are investing eleven million into a greenway on on that same track, and I, I don't see any reason why we can't put in a rail line and a greenway together. Just on a, as a sitting councillor, will we will we have a tram system? Is that in the sites at, at local government? In the, for the there city is, and the suburbs? I mean, re, no, but there, realistically, like, I know there's an east-west talk, for instance. The, yeah, that's it. It's just an east-west from the Docklands out to Ballincollig quite possibly, but that's 30 years away, Neil. Is it? Really? Yeah. It'll be long yes, yes, gone before that, that comes about, so part, I won't, yeah, I won't be buying my ticket so anytime soon. Neither will I. And, like, that's part of the 2040 plan, you know, so that's a long way off. That's a long way off, if it's ever even realised mm. in my book. Okay. Because Cork, the infrastructure in Cork is unique in its own, in itself, as you know, it's a very old city. The streets are quite narrow. Even the bus connect system that they're trying to bring in is a farce, I think, in my view. I wouldn't worry, if it, I wouldn't worry about that if it continues to cl- decline like it has been. Um, I came across an alarming article in Cork Bio. It only goes up to January of this year, but in the space of, I don't know how many months, they were talking about 40 businesses closing in Cork City. And God knows there's many more. Yes, there is. And the reason for that is, is that they're not, they're not viable, Neil. I mean, I have my own business as well, and I can, I can assure you. Be viable if I'm people running. were welcome into town, though, party. Oh, yes, I understand that, Neil. But, but there's, a lot, there's a lot of different issues involved there as well. But yes, definitely more people in town would certainly help. But there's a lot of business on the suburbs as well. And like the owners of those businesses are working. They, they get no pay. They earn nothing. 
I can, I can, I can say that. I can tell you that. Mm. And mm. it's disheartening. It's disheartening. And like I know, well, there is a welcome back now next year. I think we'll get something back in a little bit on the race next year. There's some reprieve that way, but it's, it's only. It depends. It's only for what your rates are. Okay. My rates, my rates are seven thousand euro. There's too many challenges for businesses to survive. Survive. Fierce challenges, yeah. unbelievable challenges, and, and with the cost of living going up, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Okay. Thank Over you, buddy. Not. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six calls. Certainly, a few comments regarding the interview from earlier this morning. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Free food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106 it'll feed 15 to 20 of you there'll be starters of chicken wings and chicken skewers and beef skewers and then the wraps and the pittas and the burgers all basted in the beautiful piri piri sauce with lots of sides salted fries rice and waffle fries and the big cheesecakes that you can build yourself so you're getting some food at the weekend think of Roosters Piri Piri Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park and check them out online roosterspiripiri.com so text who you are and where you are to 086 8104 106 another few texts from you guys listening Listening earlier this morning, uh, Mihal Martin's smoking ban was the best thing he ever did. It saved many lives. Uh, another one. I honestly think he's a decent man. He made some mistakes, of course, but who amongst us hasn't? I'd like to think that he's honourable in all that he says and does. Talk about hitting the nail on the head. Your show is a show of misery. There was a time when I used to look forward to your program, but it has become a show of misery and negativity. Close the borders. Would you ever do some homework? We're part of your Europe, and there are rules to follow to be in the club. Uh, listening to Michal Martin, he seems to be pro-Europe, but not pro-Ireland to the degree that when you asked him about doing the right thing, instead of doing the Europe thing, he said that that was a shocking statement for you to make. He definitely must have a big job lined up in Europe. Uh, another one or two here that have been coming in all morning. Why didn't he and why won't he fund the return of the train to Yall while he funds other railway lines to reopen? Is he going to close the country's borders or not? So that's two or three different texts. Actually, that's a point that Paddy Janine was talking about the Middleton to Yall rail line. Uh, why or oh why can't they cap electricity bills for domestic users and let the government pick up the difference? but only if the electricity companies don't make a profit. Um, Yeah, well, you're getting the three payments, I suppose, but it would be better to cap them um, and pay the difference as long as there wasn't profiteering from the electricity companies. Interesting point you make. Uh, Does he think it's right that we are afraid to disagree with Eamon Ryan's policies just because they're afraid that Raymond Ryan will bring the government down? Is that what he's afraid of? Well, I think that they really do and there probably is a justifiable argument to be made with regards to trying to cut down on carbon footprints. Yes, indeed, he did say it. We have full employment because a lot of people are working two jobs just to pay the bills. Bum-bum. Tell me, Hall Martin, uh, why can't the working family payment get a fuel allowance? For a single mother with children over seven, as an example, there is inequity. Um, can you ask him, please, would he email me back? I emailed him in September as I need help getting housing. I'd appreciate if you could contact the council for me for an update, says Heather. Um, well, I suppose, in fairness, I suppose if you're within his constituency and you voted for him, or even if you didn't vote for him, but you are a constituent, um, you should be entitled to some help from a local politician. But then again, doesn't that really depend on where you are on the list? And if you're on the list, are you bidding on the CBL? 
one or two more um, and then I'll get to some more calls um, the government is driving inflation up minimum wage will increase the price of a cup of coffee it will increase the price of a sandwich the price of a bag of chips it will increase prices from suppliers because the people working on farms on minimum wage their wage will go up the people working picking fruit and veg or processing plants their wage will go up um, that's from Paul in Three Little Piggies Deli, which means that when the minimum wage goes up, businesses then have to put prices up. Why are the Defence Forces personnel being discharged without medicals? I'm speaking after 25 years of service. It states in the Defence Forces regulations that over 40-year-olds are to receive a medical and an ECG on discharge. I was kicked out last year with no medical. I'm now on blood pressure tablets for the rest of my life. He says, Mihal says, they're getting 400 recruits next year. For God's sake, they can't pay the personnel they have already. There's men and women up and down the country of left and are still waiting on money owed to them in the Defence Forces. Uh, also ask him, why are soldiers suffering the effects of Iriam being dragged through the courts because they can't admit to their mistakes? Um, I did make some points to him in my conversation with regards to our Defence Forces. If I had more time, I would have covered more ground. And amongst them is the chaos within the Navy. We have six fantastic naval ships. But when they were intercepting or tracking down the MV Matthew, only one of those ships was able to go to sea because of a lack of crew recruits and a lack of naval personnel. At any time, apparently, only two of the six naval ships are actually on the seas because of lack of staff. We got text calls and uh, emails after the break. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork, The Neil Prendeville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. Vision Zero means no road deaths or serious injuries on Irish roads by 2050. The development of an inclusive trauma system will mean that people will get the right care in the right place at the right time, increasing chances of surviving. And the National Speed Limit Review has recommended the lowering of speed limits in some areas to ensure safer roads for everyone. These are just some of the ways Ireland can achieve Vision Zero. No road deaths or serious injuries by 2050. Find out more at rsa.ie from the Road Safety Authority. Glentree Furniture, the big, big sale. Glentree Furniture's big autumn sale is on now. The big, big sale. Sofas, chairs, sliding wardrobes, beds, mattresses, tables, chairs, carpet and flooring, all at crazy low prices. The big, big sale. There's all the big names, including Stressless, Violino, Sherborne, Respa, Lazy Boy, Natural Sleep and much, much more. The big, big sale. It's on now. The big autumn sale. Only at Glentree Furniture Dunman Way. Glentree Furniture. The big, big sale. Don't miss it. For your new 241 Skoda, look no further than Ireland's best Skoda dealer, Finbar Galvin Skoda Bandon. We are now taking orders for the new 241 Skoda range. Call for a test drive today and meet with a member of our award-winning sales team to book your new car for early 2024 delivery for unbeatable value and service. Call to us today or visit our website finbargalvin.ie The City Tiles and Bathrooms massive bathroom brand sale is now on at Toker and North Point Blackpool. Visit our showrooms for huge savings on luxury brands such as Crosswater, Burlington, Geberit and Grow, all drastically reduced. The City Tiles and Bathrooms massive bathroom brand sale now on in Toker and North Point Blackpool. In this Saturday's Irish Examiner, in Weekend Magazine, we've got 40 ways to save money this winter. Aoife Barry chats to Chris Hadfield on space and his latest novel. In Forum, we profile Chuck Feeney, the humble billionaire who gave it all away. And in Property, we showcase two West Cork beauties. Plus, in Sport, Donal Lenhin on Ireland versus New Zealand and Tawera Kerbarlow with the All Blacks View. 
Buy Saturday's Irish Examiner in-store or subscribe at irishexaminer.com. It's the best of the best this Saturday at Curraheen Park Greyhound Stadium at the final of the 2023 Bar One Racing Irish Greyhound Laurels. Gates open from 6pm with admission for just €10 per person. Brilliant atmosphere, great food and fantastic racing. See www.curraheenparkgreyhoundstadium.ie Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Live music to play us out again this Friday. Like every Friday, more great local talent. Dots and Dude in studio around about uh, a quarter to midday. But back to the phone lines we go. Thank you so much for holding, Mary. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Um, one of the points um, that uh, Micheál Martin want, made this morning was the 22,000 new employees in healthcare um, that yes. have been hired. Yes. I don't know where they're all yes. gone, to be honest with you, but he says they were hired. <laughs> we, no, we were wondering the same thing as I was saying to one of your team. We were in the CUMH maternity there two weeks ago, um, actually last night, and... Um, there was no doctor, uh, we were informed, and it would be seven or eight hours before we would see a doctor. No doctor in the emergency no area? No doctor in the emergency area, yeah. I was up with my daughter. Um, we arrived about seven or eight in the evening, and um, now she was called about, I'd say, eight, 20 past eight by one of the nurses to yeah. be assessed and what have you. Yeah. And she was informed that it would be at least seven or eight hours before she would see a doctor. But oh, when we arrived at seven, I waited out in the hall because I didn't want to take up space in the waiting room. And there was a lady that was there um, since earlier in the day and was in quite a bit of pain. Pregnant lady? And I don't think so. I don't think so. No, I'm not sure. She didn't look pregnant, but I didn't. I didn't take much notice. Okay. I okay. just remember her going to the door, to the nurse's door, and knocking and asking the nurse how long more did she think she would see wait to see a doctor and she was told there was no doctor that the doctor was upstairs apparently dealing with whatever they had going on upstairs so I was kind of like okay there is no doctor in the emergency department and as I said my own daughter was told that it would be at least seven or eight hours before she might see a doctor so you were going into the early hours of the following morning so I mean I'm just wondering like but what no, if there was? A, I'm, I'm sure that yeah. I'm not, yeah, not doubting for a moment that your daughter had a reason to be in the mm-hmm. same age. But what if it was oh, a yeah. really, yeah. really life or death situation walking in the door? Well, this, this is it, Neil. Where do you go from there? Like, well, then where does the doctor come from? I mean, from a health and safety point of view, should there not be a certain amount of doctors that have to be on duty every every night, every day? Well, or it's, what not, have you it's not meeting a duty of care protocol, really. Was there another no. couple then who had come up by bus from y'all or something? Was mm-hmm. it? There was, there was, yeah. My daughter was talking to another lady, herself and her partner had come up and their last bus home to y'all, she told her that night was 11am, sorry, 11pm that night and she said if we're not on that bus, she said we don't get home tonight. So I don't know what happened with them. Who knows I mean, whether was, they did get seen again. Yeah, this was half eight in the night and I mean if they were saying seven or eight hours at least before a doctor would arrive, um, you're talking the early hours of the morning so they had no way home until whatever time the bus the following morning was back to y'all. Now, I mean, there was a nurse that asked the nurse my daughter was inside with, um, well, who's coming on duty? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, there'll be two or three doctors along there now shortly. And I don't know what she knew. Did she not understand that, you know, 
not to question out loud, I suppose. Well, you know, who's coming and how many is coming. And she was continuously told, yep, there'll be two or three doctors along there now shortly. When was your daughter um, seen? Was it seven or eight hours? Uh, no, no, Neil, she went home. Oh, she went home? She went, yeah, we went home at nine o'clock because she said to them that she wasn't going to wait. She was exhausted. She had another appointment at a different hospital in the morning that was kind of connected to her own issues okay. that she has okay. outside of the pregnancy and um, she was back up in the mercy the following morning. So um, now thankfully everything is okay. 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 But it's just, it's just, it, there has to be, I mean, there a few months ago with the CUH, which is the normal EER department, I was up there with my youngest daughter and like they're fantastic once you get in and you're seeing they're brilliant but like the same thing that night what we noticed was there is there was one doctor there was one doctor on duty and the nurse that was on that night we saw one or two nurses up and down and she actually told us the following morning herself that they can't get staff yeah yeah now we were still there the following morning whatever at nine o'clock and it was like it's like you open centra at eight o'clock and all the staff come in and that's the way it was. There was about seven, eight, nine, ten doctors all came in, and then you were seen within the hour. So I don't. But know left all through the night waiting for Everybody that to happen. Was, yes, yes. There, there was nothing. Nobody moved. Nobody moved all night. But there are shift because, patterns, aren't there? That they need to. Well, I, I would have thought once upon a time there was. So I don't know. Is it gone to the stage where they've sold it to staff? That's what's there can now dictate their own hours. I don't know if that's the way it is, but that's the way it appears. Okay, and how do you, just briefly, how do you make uh, of his answer to my question that there's 22,000 new employees in healthcare? I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know what to take. I don't know. I'd love to know where they are because mm. they don't seem to be, like as I said, when you go to the ER department, they, they're not there. Okay. Yeah. And I that's said that was idea. my experience with the CUH for the normal ER, we'll say, um, with my daughter back in May. And all the doctors came in the following morning at nine o'clock. Okay. Nine o'clock, you were overrun with doctors. Not one single one during the night. And um, the same with the maternity. There was no doctor there on Thursday night last two weeks ago. There was no doctor. And that came from one of the nurses themselves. Here's what they they said in a statement, actually. It has allowed us, you know, the, the fact that Ireland is doing so well, um, actually, I'm after losing the screen, but I'll read it out. There's a, a full bit actually on the 22,000 new uh, healthcare staff, and I'll do that in, in a couple of seconds' time. Let me let me talk to Cara. Appreciate your call. Hope, hope all is well with the daughter, Mary. Thank you, uh, Cara. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are I'm you? I'm good. Um, foster care, another yeah. aspect of um, promises in the budget, is it? Absolutely. Um, Neil, uh, we welcome. We welcome the increase that we have been given after being ignored for the last, what, 14 years completely in the budget. What you get? 50, 50 euro what? Is that a week or a we month got, or a what? Um, 73 euro a week. Uh, 75 euro if your child is over 12. But what they have done is they are, they're going to pay um, 25 of that in January and the rest we're not going to get until the end of 2024. So after the next budget, so effectively ruling us out of anything next year either. So all of that 75 um, is paid incrementally, but it's a top-up, is it? It is, and we're very grateful for it, and that is thanks to the tireless lobbying of Movement for Change in Foster Care um, over the last two years. Um, my point is that 
it's even disingenuous to say that the last increase was in 2009. It was a very small increase of six euro. Um, in 2000, 2001, it was decided how much money it would cost to raise a child in state care. And since then... What was that figure put at? I can't... I, I, off the top of my head, I don't know. Was it about 12 since grand? Then, in 2001, I don't know if it was per week. But since 2001... Till now, we have had a six euro increase. Now, if you can tell me how much your euro was worth in 2001 and what it's worth today, I mean, the, the raise doesn't even cost the inflation, the, the rate of inflation. Yes, but I know, and I, and I feel for you, but join the club. There's many, many Absolutely. people within the private sector working away for companies and they never get a wage exactly. increase. In fact, some of them took but serious cuts in COVID and didn't get it all back. A hundred percent. But we have a, a sector at the moment that is an absolute crisis. They cannot recruit or retain foster carers. We are not employed. We are voluntary workers for the state. We receive no pension credits. So there are people leaving now so that they can get work, get their stamps, so that they, they're not poor in their old age, that they can get their contributory pension. Um, they have they're holding recruitment drives all up and down the country Thank there's nobody showing up to them and what there's is it no that motivates people is it um, a love of minding children and doing good in that yeah, regard or I, is it financial I, I can only talk for myself I knew that I could offer a child a loving stable secure home with a wonderful extended family so I knew I could do it I was always into childcare. I've always worked in childcare, and I knew that that was something that I could offer a child and that's why I do it. You, you certainly don't do it for the money. Hundred percent. What would the what would the just money. as a, just as maybe it might might help with regards to recruitment? What is the money like? What is the contribution? Um, at the moment, it's three hundred and twenty-five euro per week for a child under twelve, and three hundred and fifty-two, I think, for a child over twelve. The tax-free. Um, that's tax-free. It's not means-tested. Um, it's not your money. It's the money is for the child. It's not. Uh, it's we can't apply for a mortgage or anything on the basis that we can't use it as an income. I understand that but say that 325 or that 350 um, is that not, is that adequate? No. 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 What, what should it With be? With the cost of living today well we're, the, this ISCA and Movement for Change and any of the reports that were done recommended an increase of 150 euro per week to bring it up in line with the inflation and with everything else that was going on and to try and aid with the recruitment of, of foster carers but um, how would you spend three hundred and twenty-five euro a week on on a child? <laughs> no, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. What would you, what would you spend three hundred and twenty-five? It's for everything. It's their food, clothes, roof over their head, their heating. That's before you're talking about support, um, access. Um, you have a lot. A lot of people have a lot of appointments during the week. These are children that are traumatized. Yeah, they are. Children that yes. have a lot of extra needs. Um, we can't work. We're one parent has to be available twenty four seven, and and it's only feasible like that because they're so traumatized that they're in and out of school. That you know that there's a lot of extra that goes into looking after one of these yeah, children. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's nothing to do with the money. It's the, the it, it's that the recruitment they cannot get foster carers in at the moment, and um, there are children being left in unsafe environments because there's simply nowhere to put them. Other than there's children in B&Bs, in hotels, in residential care, which cost the government a lot If there's more. a child in a B&B that should be in a foster care home, who's with them in the B&B? 
they have to have 24-hour staff with them, which is costing the government in excess of €10,000 per week to mind a child in a B&B. Or a, a, a How in the name of God could it like cost that? that? Because that's what they're paying. And, and for a child in residential care, it's costing the government in excess of five to €6,000 per week. Now, when you look at that in what... Per child. Per child. So the, it's such a short-sighted move to kick this... this, this that's insane money. That's money that's been totally wasted, and, if there's a better they way. Cannot, they cannot recruit the foster carers. So what are they waiting for? Are they waiting for some child that they can't remove from a home, an unsafe environment, because there's nowhere to put them? Are they waiting for that tragedy before they actually act? I mean, these, wow. are the, these are the state's children. Wow, Can wow. I just point out, these are not our children. These children are in the care of the state, and the state is letting them down dramatically. Okay. And don't even get me started on aftercare and the supports for children that are leaving. You know, you're, you're not in education, you're 18, good luck, get out, goodbye. You know, you're on the dole and on the streets. And then the whole cycle starts again. They hope that by 18, that whatever damage has been repaired in the loving home, yeah? But do you know any 18-year-olds? Are they capable of looking after themselves? Oh, no, I know. I mean, it's, it's, I'd, love to, I mean? I'd love it's to, if I have an opportunity next week, I'd love to talk to other people involved in foster care if that were possible. Well, um, you'd have to talk to people that are dealing with children that are older. I mean, as Totally, I'd talk to anybody in that regard. Children, yeah, but yeah. children that have left the system and that are just being let down, left, right and centre. Okay, okay. I mean, there's, but there's been reports done on this, Neil. Like, okay. I mean, the government have had the reports. They've had the strategic plan from Tusla. They've had that judge come out and say that it's a crisis situation, and yet they still don't act. Okay. No, I'm just wondering if would there be a way of making it more attractive? You say it's not about the money, but you don't want you 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 want but like you want to do it, but you also don't want to be out of pocket. So, say for instance, with the say with the three fifty two, would you get children's allowance as well? You get your children's allowance after six months. You will get a children's allowance if the children are with you for more than six months, but. That's that's your that's that's what you have to live up. No, no, I'm not asking you to justify it. I'm just trying to find out what might be what might be available. Okay, I understand. Let let, let me leave it at that, Cara, if you don't mind, and I can certainly deal with it again on Monday. I got on a rant there. Your grand girl, no, I learned a lot from you. Thank you for that. Have a great weekend. If anybody's involved in foster care, please do get in touch, uh, particularly by email. If you have a story to share, we might get an opportunity to chat about it then uh, next week. Email Neil at redfm.ie. Text oh eight six eight. 104, 106. Just on a lighter note, because we've been talking a lot about de-stressing and unwinding, and it was tied into our giveaways, courtesy of ourselves in the Modern Hotel in the South Mount. Some lovely texts came in all week and some very funny calls about relaxing and de-stressing. I like to unwind by ironing a few things, including all my underwear. Now, when I first read that, I thought it was... I like to unwind by ironing in my underwear, but I was incorrect on that. So it's, it's ironing underwear, bed sheets, and towels. Or just sitting down with the kids, as life is just so busy at times, we all seem to be just passing each other out, says Caroline. Uh, going to town and window shopping wind, relaxes me. I unwind. I don't have to spend a lot of money. Just looking around each of the racks and taking time, not pressurised with buying and rushing. I could spend three hours inside pennies, TK Maxx, and Dunn's. Well, good for you. 
And I wonder how much you spend. I mean, do you resist the temptation of purchasing a deal? Three ninety nine and pennies, girl. I like polishing the family silver. Oh, you've a lot of that, do you? I have silver that came out of my father's family home over a hundred years old. It's so enjoyable to see the shine afterwards, says Robert Rohu. It's a messy old job, Robert, isn't it? Dirty, filthy hands, but I suppose you're smart fella. You wear gloves. What makes me relax is listening to music listening to audiobooks and watching Liverpool plays. This is David Leland, fair play to you. What I do to unwind is to think of the people who set me off and look forward to the karma. <laughs> Getting them back. Otherwise, a stressful day, I'd get my headphones on, my dog, and go for a walk. Hoovering. Anytime I feel stressed or mad about something, I pull out the hoover and off I go. Up and down, back and forth, hoovering away all my stresses. It's the best medicine ever. You could even find me hoovering away in Harvey Normans when I see their range. I go for a trial run on them. I love cutting the grass as well. I have a fairly big garden. Won't let anyone else cut it. I'm 76 and love sitting out there with a glass of wine after I've cut the grass, weather permitting, and admiring my tidy garden. Fabulous text, Mary. Thank you for it. Um, Keep them coming anyway. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818104106. I was chatting yesterday with Rory with the garden the carry-on with uh, two or some fans, only some of them at the Cork City match. Uh, Tony says, I totally agree with your sentiments regarding the moronic throwing of bottles or anything else onto the pitch during before or after games. However, for fairness and balance, surely St. Pat's should also be punished. They threw fireworks onto the pitch which avoided the security personnel up in the St. Anne's end. Uh, Bose fans goading Galway fans last week and subsequently a full pitch invasion. The FAI will never punish the big Dublin clubs though, but will target the regional clubs. Shamrock Grovers threw so much smoke and flares onto the pitch in Waterford last year that the ref called the players off the pitch. No punishment meted out by the FAI yet again, says Tony, but they certainly had no problem in closing a few of the sections of the stands out at Turner's Cross. So keep those coming, text 0868104106. A lot of this I'll return to on Monday um, without wanting to be, as somebody suggested, a doom and gloom merchant, but I suppose we have to, um, you know, um, address... Uh, the inevitable issues that are going on in this country and going from bad to worse. One of the things I've been talking that would have spoke more to me all Martin about was more on the city centre which is, um, I know Dublin's an awful lot worse, it's shocking up there but it's getting worse here in Cork City as well with overrun with drug use and theft and businesses closing, uh, heroin gripping the city and it's evident in many, many people can see people walking or sleeping in the city and they certainly look as if they are very unwell from the throes of all sorts of awful addiction but the public are less inclined to visit the city as a consequence to that not to mention the parking and the war on cars, it's like as if you're just not welcome. And you know who benefits from that? The suburban shopping malls, they're booming and the marina market is booming but to the detriment of the city which is slowly dying uh, all on our, our watch but more primarily on the watch of our politicians and councillors. Having said that it is Friday the 13th today. We'll go out on a happy note because some live music in studio. But before that, I have a couple of giveaways courtesy of ourselves in Maldon Hotel on the South Mall. And even before that, making you dizzy, um, superstitions. Friday the 13th today. Are you a superstitious bunch out there? Let's find out.
Well, we wouldn't sit on uh, number 13 on a plane, say for example, and prefer not to be in a room with 13 on. Okay, and would you walk under a ladder, for instance? No. No, I wouldn't. I'd be afraid I'd have bad luck for the day or the week. Or break a mirror? Um, If I... If I break a mirror, I leave the cracks there. I don't replace the mirror in case I have seven years' bad luck. OK. Well, what about yourself? <laughs> um, I'd walk on the ladders and um, mirrors because I think it makes already a difference because things happen and it's going to happen. I tried all that years ago. The <laughs> yeah, I'm the opposite. I tried all that before and it didn't work, so... <laughs> well, she wouldn't tempt fate, yeah. you would. Yeah. Would. <laughs> yeah. That's why we've got luck, because I don't walk on the ladders. Yeah, that's why we're together. But it's the opposite of the track. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, what about lucky numbers or lucky colours? Um, I suppose I really... We, lo- we like the number seven, don't we? Yeah, number seven. Yeah. I suppose we're lucky in all our lives that we've had in common. We came from, you know... Same kind of thing. Like so. numbers were very similar before we met, like... Our door our, numbers and our all family, that. Our so, family, yeah. seven, seven in the family. You and know, all that. You know, all that kind of stuff, you know? OK. Yeah, yeah. Would you have won a lot with it, or is it about winning? Or No, no, it's not so much about winning, but it's always, I don't know, it's, it's that kind of a number that if somebody ever says, pick a number between 1 and 10, or if there's a draw at work or whatever, I'd always go for number 7. And it, it has been lucky sometimes, not all the time, but I still go back to number 7. OK, so people would need to get a rub off you, or would they be rubbing the luck on? Um, they'd need to rub the luck on, I think. <laughs> See you later. Well, why would I believe in hogwash? <laughs> Do you not, would you be afraid to walk under a ladder or...? No, but I'd be careful. It's down to me. <laughs> and would you have a lucky number or a lucky colour or anything like that? No. No, no, a few. I don't know. I like the colour of your microphone, for example, but I wouldn't consider it's very lucky. <laughs> um, you probably don't like the colour of my nose, and I wouldn't consider that's very likely either. But you know, there. You are. are you superstitious? No, no, no. Would you walk under a ladder, for I instance? Would. And would you have a lucky number or? Ara, uh, seven, but I don't really pay much attention to that either. Somebody told me it was lucky. And has it been lucky? Not really. <laughs> I can't say I, I've ever found myself gaining anything by saying seven to any question, unless how many dwarfs accompanied Snow White, perhaps. <laughs> what about yourself? Am I superstitious? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'd, I, I think I'm not, but I... I would think of different things on and off, you know. So would I walk under a ladder? I'd say I'd avoid it if I if I saw one. I wouldn't walk under it, probably. It would be just a, it's a kind of a subconscious thing, you know. I don't know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> I suppose there's old wife's tales, maybe, but no way would I walk under a ladder. Is it that you'd uh, be afraid that you're tempting faith? No, I wouldn't. I'd be superstitious, I suppose. And what would you be afraid would happen to you if you walked under a ladder? If it fell down top of me. Would you have a lucky trinket or a lucky, a lucky number or anything like that, or a lucky colour? Well, my lucky number, yes. Number three. <laughs> does it always come up, does it? Maybe. Uh-huh. No, I don't. <laughs> would you walk under a ladder or step in a crack or...? No. No, I would not. Why not? 
Uh, I've just just uh, been told not to, so I don't want to chance it. <laughs> <laughs> and would you have a, a, a lucky lucky number or a lucky trinket or anything like that? I don't. I don't. No. No, it's <laughs> no. just a bad luck. Just a bad luck. Yes. <laughs> and we turn around when the cat black cat walks the road too. So. Oh, I'm very superstitious. Oh, I'm very superstitious. I'll tell you now, but if there's a ladder, I won't go underneath it. If there's a magpie, I'll have to salute it. And if there's two, I'll clap for joy. Would you be afraid if you broke broke a mirror? Or? Oh, Jesus, I'd die if I broke a mirror. That's seven years bad luck. Seven years bad luck. And where's all this coming from? I suppose my mother. My mother used to tell me these things. And she believed them? Um, well, I, I buy them anyway. I'm not going to take a chance. Do you have... Good luck then, good luck charms, lucky number, anything like that? Um, no, I don't. I just won't put myself in the way of anything bad happening. Like Friday the 13th, now like I just dread going out. I absolutely dread going Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Uh, hospitals don't have a room 13 either, so it's not just um, airplanes without a row 13 or hotels without a floor 13 or housing estates without a number 13. I was born on Friday the 13th, 1987. It was a full moon. I'm listening to you on my Alexa in Dublin, but obviously from Cork. So it was bad luck for you then being born on Friday the 13th. The bad luck, of course, is that you were banished to Dublin as a consequence, James. Uh, on the plane that crashed in the Andes on Friday the 13th, many years ago. The plane was number 571. Add those numbers together, Neil, and what will you get? Let me do it with my two fingers. 5 and 7 is 12 and 13. I was born on the 13th. I live in number 13. My mam passed away on the 13th and my father-in-law also passed away on the 13th. Isn't there a very good chance with all of that and my thoughts are with you in regards to your loved ones who passed away, that you may also pass on the 13th. Um, hopefully it'll be 2,113. And they say in bingo, unlucky for some, number 13. Seriously though, it's really a sad Friday morning listening to the news unfolding in y'all. I'd love a breakaway at a hotel, so good luck to all. Remember, number 13 in bingo is unlucky for some also. So it's also bad news in bingo. Weirdly, it has nothing to do with the 13th day of the month, but more that there were 13 people at the last supper. Um, it was actually a Thursday. <laughs> I thought it was Friday. Anyway, there was 13. And of course, Jesus was executed. And they say that's where it all started. So there's many more of those. Hopefully I get a chance to do it. But I got uh, Dots and Dude in studio who are raring to go. Um, so we'll chat in a few minutes, guys. But do you want me to count you in for a bit of Friday Absolutely. magic? Why not? A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. I sit here on this cold, cold wall For a chance to play some rock and roll As it turns to go You shout at me and say, man, you'll have your chance Some other day Some other day Cause I'm a leader and I don't follow I'm not begging on my knees on some reality show I'll try my best in this business if I can But as Tom Petty says I won't back down I won't back down She said Is this all that you've hoped for? Is this the very best? 
as I sit here on this cold, cold world For a chance to play you some rock and roll As you turn to go, you shout at me and say Man, you'll have your chance Some other day Some other day She says Is this all that you hope for? And I'm busking on the streets I'm freezing my balls off to make ends meet I look at my hands It reminds me of my chance But at least I have my My dignity My dignity She said Is this all that you hope for? Is this the very best? And I don't follow I'm not begging on my knees on some reality show I'll try my best in this business if I can But as Tom Petty says Sure I won't back down Do you guys know when you're performing how good it sounds? Like you, you actually know, do you? I don't know. <laughs> we <laughs> we just give it a shot. <laughs> it's more than a shot. That, it's, it's very unique, the style, isn't well, it? Thanks a million, yeah. Who's the songwriter? Yeah, I'm writing songs for years now. Yeah, I, I was we were I was oh. writing for August Walk and that, that, that was our band. There was about seven or eight of us in the band at the time. And yeah. uh, now we've kind of struck the down. Me and, me and Roger do a two-piece. And, yeah, uh, that's, that's the, the dude. dude. I, I didn't know you were sitting on a thumping gadgetarian yeah, down there. Yeah. Isn't it the a pack of punch? Homemade cajon. <laughs> <laughs> do a drum solo on that, yeah. dude. Man, that packs a punch. Yeah, it takes are, a are you Are you motivated a lot by social justice and things oh, like that? Yeah. I got like, that feeling. There's yeah. a lot of songs. We, if, if anyone wants to check them out, they're online. Uh, August Walk, check it out. There's a lot of songs like that. And uh, well, we're trying to bring a bit of fun to it as well. How do you how do you hold on to that kind of gravelly? Yeah. I, don't know. I was playing the Boran last night in Cork, and I thought to myself this morning, "Oh, how am I going to do this?" But a couple of strepsils and a cup of tea, <laughs> or a couple of Barry's tea and a couple Absolutely. of strepsils. We, we get time to do one more. I'd love one more. Yeah. Yeah. Sit and chill. Have a cup of tea. I'll be okay. back to you in a few minutes' time. Meanwhile, a lot of other action. Friday the thirteenth. Now, I got two prizes left, courtesy of ourselves in the Modern Hotel in the South Mall, and um, particularly great if you're planning in a of any shape or size because they have all of the different facilities to cater for needs of up to 140. It's just a great place to put a hotel and they're doing great food as well. So let's get a couple of Friday the 13th calls on the air, shall we? John, good morning. Hang on a second, let me get myself sorted. It's mental beast. There you are, my friend. Back to, what, 1970, is it? Hello? Yeah, Hello? yeah. can you hear me? Can you hear me down there? Back, uh, yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Back, back. <laughs> Back to 1970, Friday the 13th, 1970, I drove for the first time on the road. Were you able to drive, like, or did you just decide? I, I, I was at, yeah, I was able to drive. No, it's a shocking phone line. I'll see if I can clean that up and come back to you in a few minutes' time. I want to go down to Douglas. Aiden, good morning. 
Hi Neil, how are you? Are you superstitious, pal? Uh, well, Neil, you know me from the bars, as I said there, in the, the old pubs at one time. I tell you what happened to me. In 2009, I have diabetes. I got a shark loss. So to make it, it's on my foot. So to make a long story longer, as they say, I end up getting an ulcer. And on 2011, I was in the hospital getting ready to go down. And the nurse said to me, you know, you're not too bad. You're, you're not as nervous as I thought. And I said, why? She said, today is Friday the 13th. So what did she go telling you I that lost, for, like I going got, in for surgery? <laughs> yeah, I got it. My, my leg amputated. And that time, in 2011, all the years ago, on Friday the 13th, um, and I used to be, I used to be suspicious in the way of, of, you know, the ladders and all that. But ever since that, you know, um, life began for me, you know. Um, Why? Because you're saying something devastating or, you know, life-changing well, did happen. Losing, it can... losing your leg, like, I mean, I had a, I had an ulcer in the leg, so it was going to travel. So we made a decision myself, my wife, at the end of the day to take it. So it was my decision, but I didn't know. Uh, they said Friday 13th didn't come into my head until the day the nurse, when she was reading me, those said, Aiden, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're fairly uh, okay. And then... All of a sudden, things do start coming into your head before know, you're cut down. I know, I know, I know. All life is good, though. I hope, yeah. All good, and I will be talking to you. I hope to talk to you. I'm on a journey at the moment with my weight and that, but I will talk to Seamus and I'll talk to you another time. Boy, Whenever yeah. you're ready, ready, boy, get the yeah, weight down well, yeah. because the the more you yeah, can get I'm down, the healthier you'll be. Neil. How many? Yeah, I'm down seven, seven stone oh, now. Aiden, I have that's another, fantastic. I'm back walking. I'm back. You, you're going to. I used to meet you a lot. So I'm not, not even going to recognise you when I see you then. Oh, I tell you, I have the pictures ready to go, but I'm hoping. Look, it's only early in my journey. Um, um, but Let's I will chat, talk Aiden. To you. Let's chat. Let's yeah. chat. Okay, say hi to your hi. wife for me and all of your friends. We've oh, got, to, we've got, we've got an overnight prize for you. Four of you off oh. to dinner and an overnight at the Maldron Hotel in the South Mall. You deserve uh, it, my friend. You deserve fabulous. it. Diane, be delighted, and, with, and thank you so much. Have a great thank weekend, you. pal. One of the world's nicest guys, Aiden Dalton in Douglas. Free Food Friday winners this week should be well, all depending on the big shout out. Let me do soon another few here. O'Sullivan's Pharmacy in Douglas, Hepburn Professionals in Rushbrook, the Outpatients Department in the Bon Secours. Inge Tech Engineering Supplies in Mallow uh, the HSSD Department in the South Infirmary loads of hospitals and clinics are listening to us Paul and the gang and the oncology services in the CUH Joe's Edge Hair Salon in Blarney Cork English College Mallow Tools and Mox Bar in Bandon Road I must get up there one of these days it's been years since I've been in Mox on the Bandon Road but having said all that Free Food Friday winners for this week should be all of the hard-working ladies in Gate Childcare in Little Island. Let's find out, shall we? Uh, who have we got? I have no name. So who's online for? Hello? Hi, Anil. It's Eva here. Eva, are you the boss? I wish. And I'm the boss of the baby room. Yeah, it's the babies and the children are the boss. How many of you are down there? Um, there's about 15 of us, 16 of us here all together. Okay, there's today. Natalie and Kate and Stephanie and Siobhan and all of them. Okay, how many of you got around the phone? I can only grab two now because it's dinner time for the kids so we get them fed before we get fed. Oh no, you're disqualified. Oh, it's only three of us here but we can be, we can be loud. Why don't you go into a screaming baby room there? Get the babies to scream and shout. Oh God, no. You'd, you'd lose all your listeners if I did that. <laughs> well, let me think about this now for a second. There's Although they're, they're quiet because they're being fed. Let's wake them all up. That was the whole idea. Oh, How many, God, so there's no. about 15 or 16 of you looking for food at Rooster's Perry, from Rooster's Perry Perry, but only two or three will come to the phone. Yeah, because we have to feed the kids before we get fed. We can't be leaving the room. I shouldn't even be out of my room now, so we have to do this quick. <laughs> oh, sorry. 
I'm sorry for keeping you. All right, give us a weekend. Race, old race, old are all about race, old. Yeah, give us a, like give us a big re- weekend shout out, will you? Woo! That packs a fair punch for three people. That's pretty good. Okay. All right. We're, you w- we're used to be louder than the kids, I see. All right, you win. There's food on the way. Gather all the staff this lunchtime. Woo! The Red Patrollers are on the way. Have a great weekend, y'all. You too, Neil. Thanks. Take care Bye. of yourself. All the best. Bye-bye. I'm going to pack it, guys. i got one more prize for the Maldron. I'm going to hold it till Monday. I'm out of time. I want to do Dots and the Dude with a song out. What have you got for me, people? Yeah. Uh, lonely boy, the song is called. Yeah, you wrote this as well, I suppose. You did. All right, one, <laughs> two, one, two, three, four. One day in your life, you will notice me. You will be my queen and I won't have to stare As you sit there drinking your fancy wine Your lipsticks in the colour of a red rosé And I didn't mean to Just wanted to borrow a light And I didn't mean so Come on to the room When I asked you to be my wife Cause I'm a lonely boy Living a lonely life And I almost cry Every night Bastard flies are there, my alibis. It's nearly closing time, I better get a drink. La di da 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 I think I drank so much, me legs don't know the way. I nearly scored tonight, oh, but I was Lagos. Maybe tomorrow night I might get a late. And I didn't mean to scare you. I just wanted to borrow a light. I didn't mean to come on to the wrong When I asked you to be my wife Cause I'm a lonely boy Living a lonely life And I almost cry every night And the bastard for lies Bastard for lies, are there my alibi?
I better get a drink. That's a real-life tale, I suppose. Now, <laughs> Dots and Dude are playing tomorrow in the Paddocks and Cove after the big match, and then Sunday in the Schooner and Whitegate. I guess you're on all the social media channels of yeah, Folly yeah, because you're yeah. packing a serious punch. And, and I know there's a big fundraiser December 16th in the Middleton Market, isn't there? Middleton, all of Middleton. We're, we're trying to get as many musicians as we can to come to Middleton that day uh, from 12 to 4, and just anyone, entertainers, dancers, anybody... And we're trying to make some money from auto neurons disease. Uh, we had a, a lad who used to follow us everywhere to all our gigs, dancing every. He get the press going. It was brilliant. And he passed away uh, last month. Uh, uh, a really nice guy. So. And when we get when we get fun. a little bit closer, just send me a text again, okay. and we'll give it a good blast. Thanks, Thank you Steve. so much for coming no in, guys. Problem. Have a great no weekend. Pleasure. It's a pleasure. That I love having the talent on Lisa in every Friday morning. It always is amazing to listen. Our lines will stay open. You can text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. We'll pick up the conversations on Monday. Have a good and safe weekend. Come on, Ireland. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.